Welcome, everybody, to the Sounds of the Hardwood podcast, your source for everything basketball. Fellas, welcome back. It's been a while. How y'all doing? Good to be back. Doing good. Doing good. good. Well, you know what I'm saying? Season is here. So let's get right to it. Um, Every year we all break down power rankings, best to worst, worst to best, how you want to go about it. Uh, it's gonna. It's really interesting this year with COVID, um, shortened season, seventy-two games, uh, no fans, no nothing. Just same thing as well with the bubble during the playoffs. Um, let's get right to the Eastern Conference. Uh, and I'll start with you out here. What? Where do you see which team as the number one in the East? Um, even though there was a lot of movement going on in the East. I still got Milwaukee number one. Um, I think the Eric Bledsoe, Drew Holiday, is just a trade-off. Um, so I think they stayed the same. Um, they might have lost a few uh, role players, but they they still got the best player in the East, which is Giannis. Um, then when it comes to the second spot, I feel like that's a toss-up. I still got faith in Toronto, though, just because their team camaraderie. So it's going to be Toronto two, Boston three. Now, the rest of the lineup, that's when it really gets tricky for me because it's like there's been movement with these teams. So between Indiana, Miami, Philly, I think Philly makes a jump because Doc's a good coach. No matter where he's at, they're making the playoffs. They're making that a good seed. So I think I got Philly four. Philly fourth, Indiana fifth. Um Miami six. I see Miami falling a little bit um, because people are going to start legit killing their zone. Now people got it on film. They know they had basically the teams who didn't make it to the bubble had a whole year to prepare. The teams yeah, that were in the whole. bubble. Yeah. To Miami. So I feel like Miami's going to drop a little bit. Really? Yep, because, hey, just you know, for the finals? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 was, that was their shocker year. Now people are going to be like, okay, we got you on film. We know what we're doing with you. Um, I know the schedule is going to be way different this year, but mm-hmm. at the same time, that could hurt teams. Like you said, okay. there's going to be a lot of home and homes or games like that. Um, and then I got Brooklyn just because I, we talked about this earlier. B, I don't think KD's going to play that much games. I think it's going to they're going to give him the Kawhi. Yeah, treatment. it's, it's going to yeah. be the easy going. Process. So and then we see what happens when Kyrie has to carry a team. They're still going to take a lot of L's. Uh, <laughs> so. What was that? Number seven. I got seven Brooklyn, and you then six Brooklyn. six Brooklyn. Seven. I got Charlotte. I think I like what Charlotte did, even though they basically yeah. went all in. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I like, I like what Charlotte did, even though you know Haywood left. I have no hard feelings for Haywood as a Bostonian. Um, but yeah, I like what Charlotte did. Like I like who they put around Haywood, and I think that's gonna be. And I like that they like platoon going. I think that's gonna be. Uh, just a fresh, just a fresh start for that team. So that's that's gonna be good for them. Um, then I got Washington after that. So that's my that would be eight, right? That's all eight. And then um, for the playing, for the playing, I have Chicago and New York. Your Knicks for the playing. Word. That's what okay. That's what I got. That's what I got. That's a bold I, I think RJ. I think RJ makes it. I think RJ Barrett makes a jump this year. Um, I like who they drafted. I I'm like who they picked up in free agency. And what also <laughs> helps you guys, too, is going to help a lot of young teams. It's just the way the schedule is going to be. So I feel yeah. like the first the best, half, based on what I've seen. Yeah, a lot of games. So. 
Um, so that's what I got. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I shocked a lot of y'all with that, but I just I just see a lot of things going different, especially with the Miami situation. So I mean, I'm gonna, who's at ten? Uh New York. Who's who's nine? Nine was Chicago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because it was not, nine and ten for the playing game, right? So that's yeah. why I had Chicago and New York. Yeah. 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 So well, listen. From a Bostonian to speak that way about the getting in the playoffs, this that's a shocker. Uh, I appreciate I, the talent. I, 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 I like, I like, I like the talent y'all got. I'm not gonna lie, I like the talent. Y'all got. It's a good look. So, so let me. So let, before we move forward, let's bounce. Um, we'll keep focus on you right now. So, you think the scouting from one year to another is a big factor with Miami dropping so much? Because Miami dominated the playoffs to get to the finals. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do because I just feel like at the end of the day, everybody's professional players is the NBA. Like, right. you met everybody in the mouth with the zone situation, but the only team who really couldn't beat the zone was Boston, and that was even the regular season too. But there was plenty right. of teams. Miami did struggle for a little bit in the middle of the season, and they took off towards the end before, you know, Corona hit and all that. So we can't forget that. They they had their, their struggling parts in the beginning of the last season. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's gonna yes they got they got stronger with the team building and stuff like that but I feel like still when it comes to at some point you're gonna have to get out that zone and then that's when you get exposed I don't think in two months two and a half months Jonathan Robinson became a better defender Tyler Harrell became a better defender you know what I'm saying like so when you have to go man those people will get exposed and that's what they're gonna have on the floor only people who I look at as you know legit defenders are Bam and Butler even Georgia can get exposed so before before we move on here, you said Charlotte at seven, Washington at eight. So yeah. Charlotte was a dumpster fire last year amongst a couple other East teams. Yes, you have Charlotte going all the way to seven over Washington, who has Beal who balled. Yeah, and, and, and Russell. Russell yeah. Westbrook. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> That's ball. I listen. I like it. It's different. It's not yeah. something you really. I, I, I just feel like going to Haywood's going to go back. I just feel like going to Haywood's going to go back to the Haywood from Utah because he With the he case got, because he was averaging the eighteen that's a game as the fourth option in Boston. That's what he wanted. He's the guy. So so I I can see that debate though. So um, with Washington, I don't see it as a shot at Washington or even at Westbrook. Look what happened. I'm saying. They're making it to the playoffs because they got Russell. You know what I'm saying? Russell's gonna get them to the playoffs. Yeah, um, he, I mean, gonna push every team debate if they're gonna be eighth or seventh. They're not gonna be higher than that, I don't think. Right. I don't. Yeah, because that it, it was a shot. Charlotte didn't do much at all, and you got yeah. them over Washington, who has the same team. Sometimes, as sometimes you're getting one player and then changing and then changing the playbook around for that one. They didn't have a go-to person. There was just a bunch of guards just playing. Now right. they probably go around Haywood, which is what Haywood wanted, which is, you know, rumors why he left Boston. And then mm-hmm. we'll see from there. And again, the schedule plays a big part in why I'm saying what I'm saying. Because a lot of these teams aren't facing, they're not, they're doing a West Coast trip, but it's not like a normal West Coast trip. You know what I'm saying? So they're not seeing as much West Coast teams in the first half of the season. So it's going to be like a lot of the playoff things, a lot of the power rankings are going to be set off the, you know, based off the first half of the, of the schedule. Right. 
So right, right, right. We'll see. So yeah. before we go, before I switch, I'm gonna let these guys discuss because I, I was interested to me. How do y'all feel about uh, Ant's rankings here? From, I, I see so from Milwaukee, like Toronto, Boston. That's the top three. <laughs> Philly, yeah. Miami, Brooklyn, four, five, six. Charlotte and Washington complete the top eight, and the playoff game: Chicago, New York. That uh, Knicks Soto, one. Looking, yeah, <laughs> the Knicks is, one is an uppercut. I ain't recovered from that one. That that Knicks one threw me a little bit. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is. I kind of have the mix in the same range, so there's another haymaker for you. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, with, with my list compared to Ant's top to you know, the first two and probably the last two are pretty much, you know, the same. It's in that middle. In the that's, middle where things get – yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's but, I mean, awesome. I mean, I'm going to, you know, further explain my picks – Soon. Okay, uh, Keen, you uh, you got knocked out. Looks like. I mean, I'm like just Robinson over here. So, uh, you want to? No, I didn't. I didn't go uh, Nate. Nate. I didn't go Nate. Nate. Because I just, I'm just going based upon the theory that they play in the toughest division, and with most of your schedule being your division games, I don't see the Knicks winning the division are, game. The Knicks are in the toughest division in basketball. That's the only thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't see them winning the yeah. division game. It's, it's, it's the Atlantic Pacific. I, I give you a uh, 500 season. I give you that, but I don't. Dang, like play 36, 36? Possibilities are everywhere. Well, all uh, right. I mean, one could debate. 500 could get them into that playing game. That's what I'm saying. I, I didn't throw the record out. <laughs> well, outside of the top six, seven, seven to 10 is going to be, I yeah. think, between 36 and 29. Or gonna be the, that's going to get you in. That's maybe a chance to get in. It all depends on how the, the middle of the pack goes, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll go to you. <laughs> See if you can recover yourself trying to salvage what we have going on right now. All right. Um, all right. So my list is somewhat similar to Aaron. I have some differences. He, not, he might not like my first difference of his list, but – I'll explain it when I get to it. So I put Milwaukee first because I think Drew Holiday is a much improved upgrade at the point guard position. So that helps solidify that point guard role. They lost some role players, but they didn't lose anything that's going to make them not the best team in the East consistently anymore. Um, and they had, the center division is not that strong, so they can take advantage of that. Then I have the Nets second. I think with a healthy KD and a healthy Kyrie, not losing Dimwitty, not losing Levert, not losing Allen, and re-signing Joe Harris. That team is very strong from top to bottom. I don't think they're going to do a load management thing with Durant because the East is very competitive come playoff time, and if he's not in a rhythm to play at a high level, they'll get bounced in the first or second round, which they can't afford to do with a short window of trying to maximize Kevin Durant and Kyrie's careers. Um, Miami, I think they're going to be third. I said they're going to be third because I know Ant mentioned those defensive struggles, but that's why they brought in Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless. They brought in two guys that are perimeter defenders that I can hide Hero, I can hide Duncan Robinson on defense now, and I don't have to play zone as much. I oh, just play for a non-shooting player on the court, so they don't have to worry about guarding elite level perimeter got, players. Got, hold on, hold on, you got some opinions, Soto? What's going on here? Because that's, that's the exact same thing I was going to say regarding the Miami Heat. So now uh, I just don't have to explain it. So thank you, Keem. Hey, welcome. Carry on. <laughs> For Toronto, I think getting back Baines, having Baines rather, and re signing Van Fleet is big. Um, Van Fleet eventually knows that 
when Kyle Lowry's contract expires, he's going to become that starting point guard. So he has a better understanding of knowing, okay, I'm going to keep my role that I've had being that big scoring boost off the bench, sometimes even starting alongside Lowry. And then I think Baines gives them a center that they haven't had in a while. Having mm-hmm. a big that can shoot, pass, and post, and screen. He's similar to Valen, uh, when they had Valanciunas, but Valanciunas wasn't a great shooter at that time. But he does similar things to Valanciunas on both ends on the court. Mm-hmm. Then fifth, I put Boston. The reason why I put Boston at fifth is because I don't think they did anything to make this team better. I think all they really did was say, I'm going all in on Kimba, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. And then other than that, I don't see nobody else on that team. I see those three players, and if those three players can play at an all-star, superstar caliber player, players, rather, they'll go far in the East. If Kimba's knee doesn't get right, or Jalen, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown struggle in the playoffs, there's going to be another second-round Boston exit because the other teams ahead of them have gotten better, and if they don't figure out outside of those three who's going to be those consistent players, you know, smart is effective, but – he only can do but so much. If he's going all out on playing defense, then his offense is going to struggle. If he's focusing too much on his scoring, then his defense sometimes takes a hit. That's just the way he plays sometimes. Mm -hmm. Philly, I have them at sixth. I think the biggest additions for them wasn't even on court necessarily. It's having Doc Rivers and Daryl Murray, who immediately showed a big difference with the direction of his team. Um, Danny Green right. provides much needed outside shooting to put alongside Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Um, Seth Curry also provides that. Tony Bradley provides that. And Dwight gives them a physical center. So when they take Embiid out the game, it's not a layup drill because Embiid is not on the court anymore. Wait, um, so how do you feel about Dwight Howard going to um, Philly? Because that was um, – that was different from the leave to go somewhere behind and be ready to go somewhere and be a starter. Um, I think he understands what his role is now. I think he got the biggest weight off his shoulders, which was his redemption with the Lakers. He's always wanted a chance to try to go back with the Lakers and play how he didn't play the first time. So I think going back and getting that championship with the Lakers made him have that sigh of relief of saying, okay, I'm at the latter part of my career. I'm not that star player anymore. I got my championship ring. Now I can go provide some championship experience to a younger team. And I Would think it be like a made man pretty much. Yeah. Just hired, and I hired think it'll help Embiid realizing that you can be that all-star superstar force on both sides of the court if you're willing to do that. Right. So I think he helps that. And same thing with Doc being that helps that. So that's the only reason why I think he left um, L.A. That's your top six? That's my top six. Okay. Seven, I put Indiana. That is crucial to the health of Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. If the two of them don't stay healthy, they could easily drop out of that seven spot and be somewhere else. But if they're healthy, they didn't lose anything. They pretty much stayed the same, which I think is going to give them a big plus because they're a team that's used to playing together and they understand how to play. They're just not as good as those six teams that I put ahead of them, but they're still a solid enough team that in the first round, they could scare somebody. Eighth, I I put Atlanta. I think getting Boban Bogdanovich finally gave them a legitimate two guard. And then now you say they got Trey Young there. They got John Collins there. They have Clint Capella, which is now going to be their starting center. They like uh, DeAndre Hunter. 
They like Rondo had being there. Herder now is going to move to the bench with there, And then they got Cam Reddish. So that's a very young team that they can be effective. But with young teams, you got that up and down. Some nights they can look like a good team. Some nights they can look like a bad team. So that's the only reason why I put them at eighth is because I'm questioning, can that youth consistently play night in and night out? Then at my ninth seed, I put Charlotte. Similar to like Ant said, I think Gordon Hayward is going to get a chance to return back to the player that he was supposed to be before he unfortunately got hurt when Boston first signed him. So you have a chance to be a leader of a young team and they have young talent with, um, let's try it for a second, with uh, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Malik Monk, and now LaMelo Ball. So I think similar to what I just said about the Hawks, they're young, but they have a veteran star player that they can lean in sometimes if Hayward can go back to being that all-star caliber play he was when he got to Boston. Mm-hmm. And then 10th, I put Washington. And there simply put the Russell Westbrook effect. He either does one or two things for your team. His energy and effort can make you a scary team night in and night out that can win games, or his energy and effort can make you a team that can crash and burn. It really depends. If him and Bradley Beal can mesh very quickly and stay healthy, then they, they can sit at that 10th seed and make a threat for that eighth seed push. I don't have them in the top eight only because outside of those two, I'm not sure what the consistent play is of the rest of the team. But if those two players can be a superstar caliber players, then they have a chance to fight for that eighth seed. So do you have any faith at all in Washington's team outside, in, the youth, in the youth group outside of well, yeah, outside of Russ and Beal, but between those two, like outside, Thomas Bryant, center, yeah. um, Hachimura, that's another, another quality player. Yeah. It's tough because Russell-led teams are going to change how they play. So if you can't get up and down the court with him, then you might not get a lot of touches because he's a guy that he'll go get a rebound. He's going to push the ball to court. That's why I said it. It helps a lot for Bradley Beal because now this is a guy that is used to always scoring against set defense that can get a chance to get out and run similar when they did have a healthy John Wall. He can get some quicker baskets in transition. You can shoot the three in transition, get a basket, get a free throw line. So a guy like Hushimaro may help because he's a slasher. So he may be able to get him down the court because he's not a great outside shooter yet. But again, it's seeing consistent play. If the season starts and it's becomes Russell and Bill become the new wall in Bill where it's just, okay, those two going to play great. And then who's that other guy, then they could sit, not even sit at that 10 spot. I'm saying a best case here is they can sit at that 10 spot and give them a chance to try to get that eighth spot. Okay. Uh, before you keep going, I'm going to interject here. Um, so far the narrative looking like, Phillies in the middle of the pack. The past, yeah. those like more so recent years, and so I assume you have Philly in that same range, the four, five, and six range. Is that all this team is going to be? Because they've been that way for quite a while, even with mm. higher talent, Reddick, Tobias Harris, um, getting Horford, Jimmy Butler, I was in his tenure. Do you guys feel that Philly is just what they're going to be between, yeah. you know, middle of the pack team is going to be competitive, but. It's- Still can't get over the hump due to it's not coaching. Ben, ben Simmons come back with a jump shot. We could all be wrong. Well, that's the thing about this these this pandemic seasons now is 
people have a lot of have had a lot of time to really get in the gym and do individual instruction. Normally, under normal circumstances, you do a lot of more team concept because guys are playing pickup, guys are doing their group workouts, and then the teams are having their group training and group workouts. So, because we're worried about you know social distancing and this, the virus, it's more individual work. So, hopefully, Ben Simmons has been in the gym, and that's been the top thing him and his trainer have been working on as a jump shot. If he comes back with a jump shot, they could easily be a top four team in the East because they already have the best center in the East. Then now you give Ben Simmons a guy that is already a threat going to the basket off the dribble because most teams in playoffs, not to be you know, long, long out here, but and as a Boston fan knows this, when you play against the 76ers, you don't even guard Ben Simmons past the foul line. But if he gets a jump shot, then now you got to go out there with him and his ability to get past people off the dribble just becomes even more effective now that you've added some three-point shooting around him. Okay. Yeah. And I, I feel like all he has to do is take a, take a few shots. Even if you miss, take a few, right? Sure. Yeah, I, mean, I will yeah. shoot that. I will shoot the ball. To make it like, okay, it, well, will he, will, he will shoot it, but he don't. So that's why people sit, sit half court. But I honestly think they're going to be middle of the pack just because um, their, their best chance was with Jimmy Butler, which is why MB cried after that shot from Kawhi bounced hit every part of the room and Beautiful went in. moment. Because <laughs> it's like, he knew. he knew. It's like, you have to pick one. It's between Embiid and Simmons. You got to pick which way you want to go. I mean, there's games and there's spurts of the season where they look great, they mesh well, and there's times where you're literally like... What are they doing? Yeah, exactly. Um, Jimmy Butler made that team have an identity. So I guess we could say Doc will help that team find an identity. Yeah, make sure we say Glenn. Yeah, make sure we say Glenn. Uh, I'm always yeah, say Doc because he was Doc in Boston. So yeah, <laughs> but I just I just don't I I don't see Ben Simmons shooting the ball. I don't. I really don't. I mean, <laughs> why? He hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't been doing yeah. it. So yeah, this has for five years. The city he's been doing now. Still cashing out. Still getting the bag right. Without shooting. <laughs> it is what it is. He was almost a Laker. Uh, so going on with uh, Agresado here. How you doing, my guy? You been? Uh, been I want to hear his photos. <laughs> got all the facial expressions. Stop saying. Like, I'm like, I, I had him back. He was like, going Ugh. on with the list? Ain't face here. Ugly face there. Nah. Um. It's mine is actually really similar to to Keem's actually. Uh-huh. Um. So number one, I have Milwaukee. You know. Again, they have Giannis, the best um, player in the East, in my opinion. I mean, a healthy, you know, KD probably would have been, you know, number one. But, you know, we know uh, with the injury. Um, yeah, wait and see with that. Right. And then with the uh, addition of um, Drew Holiday, they have a little big three going yeah. with Middleton. I mean, yeah, they lost some depth, but I think they're the team to beat in the East. So, number two, I got Miami Heat. Yep. Um, and similar to what Keem said, uh, you know, with the additions, of, uh, yeah, they lost Crowder, which is huge, but they made up for it by adding Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless. So, and they're one of the deepest teams in the team. You know, that that team um, is is solid all around in every position. Three, I got Boston Celtics. Um, and why? Like, I was debating whether to have them four or five. But I really like the pickup of Tristan Thompson. Um, and I think that was a very underrated signing. And uh, for, what, two years, 19 million, I think that was a steal. 
um, tremendous rebounder. He's going to allow them to get second chance points. Um, they didn't improve their, you know, their team as much as, you know, a lot of people hoped, but, um, you know, similar to what plays, right. And similar to what he said, you know, they're, they're all in on their guys. Um, I, I just, I just like their line, you know, their, their roster. Um, the only thing that's like iffy is, uh, Kemba Walker's, you know, knee. Um, and, you know, having Jeff Teague as a backup is a solid pickup. Uh, four, I have the Brooklyn Nets. We're, we're not, we're not gonna, you know, forget that they have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, two superstars. Um, and then again, similar to what Giza, said, they didn't lose any players. They re-signed Joe Harris. They have Dinwiddie. Um, they have Levert. They have Allen. Um, number five, I have the 76ers. So the 76ers... Again, middle of the pack team. What I did like about them is they added shooters to that team. They added uh, Seth Curry. They added um, Danny Green. Um, I think they lost Horford, right? Yeah. They traded, yeah, they traded Horford. Um, but again, if if uh, Ben Simmons doesn't develop a jump shot, then again, they're 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 going to be a middle of the pack team. If he does, they can easily be a top three team in the East. Uh Number six, I got the Raptors. So I have the Raptors falling all the way to six. I think losing Serge Ibaka is huge. Um, you know, that's a very important defensive presence that you lost there. And, yeah, uh, also, like, Marcus Hall was on the decline, but that's veteran leadership right there. And losing those two, plus Lowry is a year older. I mean – they, it, yeah, they re-signed Van Fleet, but I don't think it's going to, you know, take them over the top. Um, that's why I have them dropping this year. Seven, I got the Pacers. Um, the Pacers are, are a pretty consistent team, um, and having a healthy Oladipo back um, should be big for them. You know, we, we all saw Warren uh, ball out in the bubble, so, you know, We'll we'll see what he does, you know. In an, you now, know. It's back, now it's off season. Now it's starting over again, right? Yeah. We'll we'll see. And then also, um, uh, I believe Sabonis was injured towards yeah. the end of last season, so they're getting him back. So eight, I got the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I like the additions that you know with uh, Gallinari with uh, Bog- Bogdan. I think. Bogdanovich. Bog- yeah. Yeah, Bogdanovich. Yeah, and they're a young core, um, but what I like about that team is that it's kind of like similar to like Miami in a way, not you know, not in the defensive purposes, just the the fact that they have a really deep team. So if you know, for God forbid, anybody gets injured, you have somebody ready to step up. Um, and I, I'm not worried about them offensively. I'm kind of worried about them defensively. But uh, despite that, their additions should take them to the playoffs. Number nine, I got the Wizards. Um, you got two superstars in Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Um, we all know what, you know, Russell Westbrook did with uh, that OKC team that nobody thought was going to, you know, be in that playoffs. And now you're playing with another superstar in Bradley Beal. And it's not like that team is trash because they have um, 
Achimura, and they have Thomas Bryant, who's a pretty decent big. Thomas Bryant's already slept on. That's a yeah. quality big. Yeah, healthy, he's a double-double. Like, uh, he had his troubles. I think he had a leg injury last year that he was dealing with for most of the season. And for number 10, I got the New York Knickerbockers. I'm wishing upon a star on that. And I am. And the main reason why I picked the Knicks is... Are we talking? No, no. Um, Tom Thibodeau. We all know what Tom Thibodeau did with Minnesota. In his second year, he took them to the playoffs. He also had Jimmy Butler call the towns. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. But um, we're not going to sit here and say, you know, that the Knicks don't have talent. I mean, Randall, I I know people want Randall to be traded, but Randall's a, a really good big. He's still a quality ball player. Yeah, that's an easy 20 points issues. per game and 10 rebounds. You got Mitch Robinson the best defensive big in the NBA. And that's just my opinion. Um, I mean, he's right there. Like, I would probably put him second or third, I'm sorry, behind Anthony Davis, if that's fair. Um, he's, and he's still a four, but yeah. Obviously, you know, obviously the Knicks have, the, you know, uh, point guard woes. Um, they still haven't found, you know, um, a point guard that can, you know, take them over the top. You know, you still have uh, – Barrett's still developing. Um, but, yeah, I, I, that's that's a, a little, you know, the the Nick fan in listen, me hoping. Listen, that was an excellent Knicks. pick. Excellent pick. So, I hope you know that. Yeah, no, I, I Let's had – bet on that. On, on, listen, on 10, I had the Knicks or the Bulls to, you know, to keep it a buck. I had them both, and I just went with the Knicks, even though, you know. I expect that. Yeah, the Bulls have nice talent too, but I just Chicago's problem is they can't decide on what the roster is going to be, and no one knows what Billy Donovan is going to do with a team that's still with girls of that talent. They're still rebuilding, and that's the crazy part. That team should have been the playoffs last year, but Jim Boyan was a horrible coach for that team. That team needs some different. So I guess with a college-based coach with a younger group that could work out. So hopefully. We'll see how that goes. But that's a great. That's a great pick. Yeah, I, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not fully sold on the Hornets just yet. I'm just. There's not. a lot on that roster. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. Yeah. You got to get into Buzz City. Come on, you got to jump yeah. away. No, yeah. like, look. I'm I'll not gonna. The I'm not gonna lie. They're gonna be one of the most like entertaining, you know, uh, teams to watch. You know, because obviously, you know, they got Hayward now. They got Lamelo, um, but. Yeah, at that center spot when you have Cody Zeller, I'm it's like, Bismack. It's gonna be Bismack. It's not gonna be Cody. Oh, Bismack. Oh my god. <laughs> and they yeah. got twin, but yeah, and then obviously you know the the Pistons having you know fifty forwards. Um, yeah, and, that's, and, yeah, and then y'all people, like, y'all people be criticizing the Knicks. Thank you. I don't, I don't criticize them. The nobody pays attention to the Pistons, really. I don't know. Saying, if the Knicks yeah, didn't play in New York, nobody would really talk nah, about it. No, 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 no. Because they're playing, they're, playing they're playing New York. Keep that same energy. If y'all played in Jersey, you wouldn't talk about y'all like when the Nets was in Jersey. Keep that same energy. Bad teams are bad teams. In Detroit. But y'all play in the mecca of basketball. That's the problem. It matter. It's still the same concept. World for bad team, you all that good stuff like that. Anyway, don't get that Yo, see, I mean, yeah, I have no complaints with anybody's roster because, or anybody's sure. power because this is like 
What's your eight? I'm in your 10, What's your 10? So I have Miami one just off sheer fact that they went to the finals. That's and that roster is still. Is it because of Jimmy Butler? No, because the roster is still top <laughs> tier. They gave there was no looks at all. You're going to put the defending Eastern Conference champ there. No respect. Yeah, respect it only that. makes sense. It's, we're not going to grow off the team. I don't think Milwaukee got better. I think they stayed the same. But Gauls, they got a better point guard than Drew Holiday than Eric Bledsoe. Um, I'm still going to take the best player in the East at two. Okay. So, regardless, that Giannis has been in the league for how long? Still doesn't have a jump shot. They still average is 30 a game. 30, but 13, see, and five with no jump shot. Difference between a Giannis and a Ben Simmons is Giannis really pulls up. Like, he'd be pulling up. And the bubble, he was pulling up like he was KD. After a while, you had, he was you had breaking something with him, doing, but he had the confidence. You know in basketball sense, you have to shoot the ball. And you go over three and say you're all of a sudden tie game, you're still going to have to guard the guy because you're not going to let that guy shoot. It's just a sheer principle. And I suppose Giannis, it's, it's one three. He goes one for four, but that one buck he makes is the one that puts him over the top for a win. Ben Simmons won't do that. And that's the difference between Giannis will get his 30 no matter what. He will will his team to get 30 compared to somebody else. Um, I'm taking the Nets as much as I hate them, no matter what. I'm a Nick fan, oh, do or die. God. KD will probably play the 72 game season. He'll probably play like 45 games this year. I say over mm. under 45. They're probably going to go 42 and 3 with him on the name one guy who can guard KD in the East. I can't. Not even Name another yeah. point who can guard him. Kyrie Irving. About how how he's still looking like his old self. So. Yeah, yeah, like is Ross the injury? He's still he's always and will be a jump shooter. There's nothing about his game that's crazy. That's gonna be oh he's a slasher. Always no, he's a jump shooter. He's a jump shooter at seven feet who can pull from thirty five with or without a tendon or a knee or an ankle. He can still shoot. So <laughs> he's gonna keep on stepping back. It is what it is. Yeah. So um, then I'm taking Boston. I think Boston still needs work on that roster. Kemba's still an issue. They're going to go as far as Tatum and Brown will take them. Um, they got to figure out what, I guess, Thompson's their go-to big man, uh, um, Thompson and Tice. Uh, I don't even know if Marcus must be on the roster at this point. I don't know, are they going to go Smart and Kemba with Tatum and Brown? Like the, the, With Hayward gone, was a big loss because now – we got to move rosters around, but I, mean, I assume the lineups will still be what they will be at the, at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So they might start with Grant Williams and end the game with, I don't know, Rob Williams alongside, um, alongside Thompson. At the end of the day, that, that team will run. Will, they will live and die on how Taylor develops how Brown defends. That's their one-two. It'll, that'll be their one-two for years. Barring some crazy circumstance, they're going to go and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to trade Tatum for a bunch of this, or we're going to trade Tatum for KD, or something on that crazy sense. Um, then I'm taking Toronto. Um, that team is probably, next to Miami, the best coach team. Um, losing losing Marco Sol is probably bigger than losing Ibaka because now they have no center. They go small over Ibaka, and now – yeah, they go with Siakam at the four. Now they have they have zero big man. 
I mean, Baines is a good is he, slander. Is Baines, he the yeah. one that's going to really like? Is he Mark Gasol? Can he be Mark Gasol? He can be. I think he was so. in Phoenix. Yeah, he can be. That's the one thing we we spoke about before we even started this whole podcast thing. How the worst thing the boss did was get rid of Aaron Baines because he goes to Phoenix for that one year and played, you know, Brian Scalabrini esque, just balls out. Like, where was this? This came out of nowhere. I agree with that. I agree so with that. maybe because all it's still undecided. Um, as much as they invest their, they invest their money into Van Vliet. That team will still live and die. Was once Kawhi, and now it's Siakam. This is going to be the year of size. Is Siakam a star? Is he a cornerstone, or is he the guy in Toronto? Is he the superstar that Nick Nurse has had, 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 had he worked on? This is their this is their view on him. So this will be a make it break year for him. Um, Indiana will be my next choice. Um, that team is still a quality team. What you have them with at? all the injuries, or with or without, um, they still got to find what we're going to do between Sabonis and Turner. Um, I think they're going to move Turner somewhere, probably a contender. What, what number um, you have? Sabonis with is Indiana. Indiana is six for me. So, um, TJ Warren is developing to a significantly efficient score. Um, Odebo's back. Odebo was a stud. We all realized how well he did when he first left OKC to go to Indiana, and he just took the lead by storm. So hopefully him coming back will be somewhat – if he's 80% of what he was, was before, that team will be competing in the top half. But I'm going for basically what they have as is. And they didn't lose – I mean, who did they lose this year, uh, this offseason? Not – Really, really. Much. They still the same team. Just, just so, the they, so they were what? New coach, which I don't see why, because they were fine with McMillan. Something had to happen internally. Um, yeah. But they were in the playoffs without Oladipo being 100%. He was playing, he was probably half, half healthy. So him being fully at full health with that roster as is, they should be more um, than capable. Um, them taking Washington as my um one two three as my seven so um there's not a big this the, the transition between russ and john wall isn't a crazy difference regardless of what they're going to follow by a still two guard front they're still going to be you know get it and go mm-hmm. but now it's different because john wall can actually knock down an open jump shot with no hesitation we russ is still shaking three-point line but the intensity purposes with Russ and John Wall is different. You know, John Wall was 19 – his best year was 22 and 10. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double how many years in a row? Two. And the fact that it's years in a row, average triple, it's – That's crazy. Yeah. It, that, yeah, that's all you have to say. Um, and then I'm going with Atlanta. Um, I think that the – it's still a lot to be desired in regards to that roster because now you go from a team that's been pushing this youth group, this youth movement between Trey Young, who's good, he's not going to lose minutes to nobody, um, especially anybody in the Eastern Conference who you would have had, let alone the West. Um, then you go with Gallinari, who's a quality pickup, injury history. We'll see how good he is this season. Um, 
Chris Dunn's a backup, quality guard. Um, you got Rondo, who's going to be the guy. He's just there to teach. I think him getting the ring with the Lakers started off like, I'm not here, just I'm here just to teach these guys. And you can tell as the season went with the Lakers that Rondo got Caruso going, got Quinn Cook going, got a lot of the guys that now that he's gone, he's going to see the guys, we'll, we'll speak at a later point in regards to the Western Conference, the younger guys that were on that team have now escalated their talent. They have elevated their talent, I should say. So Rondo going to the Hawks, he's there, just do one thing, teach Trey Young how to be a complete guard, albeit he's undersized, but now he'll be more than just a 38 guy. But those eight assists are just off like I'm being triple team the half court. So it'll be a new dynamic over there. Um, they still decide what they're going to do because they just signed Ngonku. They got – well, they just drafted Ngonku. They traded for Capella, and they got John Collins, who's better fit at the five, playing the four. So they got to decide who's going to take the backs. You don't draft the center in the top ten to not play that center. So they got to make a decision with that point. But nonetheless, the most important part is what's going to happen with that new core, Cam Reddish, Kevin Hervey, Andre Hunter, with all the vets coming in, who's taking the back seat? And if so, who's willing to take the back seat? Because I'm Galinari, I'm not playing – 30 minutes a game compared to 36 minutes a game, which is, you know, six minutes in the NBA is huge. Yeah. Because I want to have – because Lloyd Pierce wants to have 100 situations. I mean, got to pay, what, $60 million? I'm playing yeah. as many minutes as possibly can. So it's not even just like a basketball kind of – it's just an ego thing. The, that, that team – this team was walking to the lottery, which it did. And then you put – you take a – you really cleaned everything out and put a whole bunch of vets in. So it's more like a to-be-determined kind of – that's why I got an eight. Because yeah. you don't know what is going to be really the, 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 the dynamic. And now it's all on coaching. So you put a whole new roster now. Now yeah. it goes from yeah. who I got my ninth pick, Chicago, means, all right, just nothing's happened. Let's see what we can do with this roster. We make changes now. Like you create this talent around your star. Now it's to make it a break. Because now Lloyd Pierce, get, Lloyd Pierce gets fired. You got to find a new coach for that team. Now you got a star who's going to pay super money in Trey Young. On top, you just paid your Capello's paid money. You got to pay John Collins. You just paid Gallinari. You just paid Rondo. You got all these guys coming in. Bogdanovich, huge pickup. But you just – he's doing a lot of money as well. So you have a lot of decisions outside of – outside of on the court to make a decision with that. My ninth Chris pick is hot. It's hot. It's going to be – I mean, George has been hot with COVID, but – It'll be hotter inside that arena. Um, Chicago, I have a nine. That team should have made the playoffs. Coaching was the problem. Now they got a young coach who fits a college. I mean, who's always got on that roster? Otto Porter or of key of important pieces? Right, Otto, Otto Porter. How's Otto Porter? He's like 27, 28. Yeah, he's pretty much like fresh out of college or fresh out of grad school. You know what I'm saying? So, and he's due for big money because he wants a contract after this after this year. You got Levine. They got to find what they're going to do with marketing. You got Wendell Carter. Kobe Weiss is a budding star in the making. So, there's a lot to go inside of that. But that roster itself should get him into the playing game. And then I got my Knicks. I have Charlotte still a lot to do, a lot going on. Go to Hill's a big pickup, but as we've seen, one man can't do it all on the floor. But, like so said before, 
captivity. One coach can really change the dynamic of the entire team. So it's a young group, but compared to the rest of the rest of the league, it's not. Nah, play that. So play that. So no, play do not play that. Play the music. Not play that. No, it's a great song. See what I'm saying. It's a, it's a, I'm oh, no. I'm sleeping on the Charlotte Hornets, though. I'm not. <laughs> Charlotte, was, Charlotte was the ninth seed last year. I was sleeping. They haven't fixed any problem that they needed. They were yeah. technically the ninth seed in the East. Their record was just but too bad what? to make the bubble. They were, they were the ninth seed in the East. That's the only reason why they didn't make the, the bubble, because so their record was team. too bad to make the bubble. But they but were the ninth seed. Regardless of the point guard problems, Tom Thibodeau has developed a lot of guards and it's in his time being. RJ Bear is, is a combo player. We'll figure out, we'll see how that goes. Um, I think he takes the bump on. He's been disrespected enough by not giving the all-rookie team last year. So I think, and he said in, in interviews through our training camp so far that... Yeah, he definitely he, got a chip on the shoulder. Yeah, like, especially a top five pick, a top three, four pick. It doesn't make any sense how he didn't get picked up. And he played well coming after the All-Star break. But that's understood. We'll see how that pans out. Mitch Robinson is a star in the making on the defensive side of the ball. Rim runner, incredible shot blocker, great rebounder. If he holds well in foul trouble, he'll be improving. Not to mention the backup, Noel. You're not going to realize Noel Noel was a stud defensively. Still is. We're not going to talk about his agent giving up $88 million from the Mavs because he wants to get max money and that has to go back for the minimum. So, that was him. I still fire that agent. So, but... Yo, you, just, you saw who they just signed? Yeah. Kyle Labizier. Come on. He's going to be guy. Shout out to Jack. That's his favorite player right there. So, we, we shall... We shall see how that goes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I mean, they signed a kid, Chris. It's, it's, if he doesn't make the team, he gets cut. It's not a big end of the deal. It's all cheap contracts. Um, but Randall's a quality, a quality player, regardless of his nonsense. You said averaging almost 20 and 10. 20 and 10 being a bum is, you know, yeah, know. If, I, if I'm called for averaging 20 and 10, then call me a bum. It is what it is. But Fizz, try, Fizz trying to make up this elite point forward thing, and that made no sense. He's just a rim running, get the ball and go, fast break type of, type of wing for four man. And under Mike Miller, he kind of got held back in check. He got put back in check. The Rangers, the Rangers put on him, and it was a better look. Hopefully now with a defensive-minded coach, not to mention they draft Toppin, who if he don't play well, Randall doesn't play well, Top is going to get all those minutes. It's, it's simple. You don't compete, you don't play. So, Tim's yeah. great development. We've seen what we've done over the years with D. Rose, Jimmy Butler, Luol Dang, Chant, uh, Ty Gibson, Joe Kim Noah. You know, you've seen, the, you've seen the, the development of Towns. I mean, can't really say much with Levine, with, uh, not Levine, with uh, Wiggins. He took a step back. That's for other things. You've all, you all seen that coming. If you can't keep up with Jimmy Butler, then you're not going nowhere. Um, but th- that's my 10. I feel like they can get in. Do they now – is that a series or a, a playing game for um, the, for the uh, 9 and 10 spot? Do they confirm it yet? I believe they're gonna copy what they did in the yeah. bubble and make it just that. Uh, the one game. Yeah, the one game. Yeah, that's still that's still works. I think, yeah, it's it just 
It makes it better. Like, oh, one game the Knicks gives you a to the moon. I, I hope. But um, that's why out of Detroit, no. Orlando, they're missing Jonathan Isaac. They don't know what to do with the roster. Um, get Will soon by the ACL was crazy. Aaron Gordon's on the move. They got to say a view of Vucevic. They still got Mo Bamba. Um, no, I mean, listen, they, they, they still got Evan Fournier. Oh, go. The GOAT. Shout out to him. That's Ant's favorite player right there. Ant, <laughs> you know you love Evan Fournier. That's a man, man right there. Got that oh, Fournier man. in the closet. Yeah. Got that yeah. Fournier jersey in the closet ready to break it up. Don't say that. Nope. I'm not going to call on that guy no more. Y'all will see what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but then that, it's like, I shouldn't be hooping this shit. The rest of the conference, there's not much from 10 down or 11 down. But the East is, like always, it's mostly top-heavy. Um, unlike the West, which we will get back to shortly, Rena will take this uh, this short break. Welcome back. Welcome back. So uh, let's get right to it. The Western Conference. Uh, well, I'm sure, you know, I'll let, let Keem go ahead since he's the uh, reigning – Laker fan, and since they want to chat, let him go. Uh, Laker Nation? I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go do my dishes while King Golden's ran about the Lakers. So. Uh, Laker greatness? I could do that, but I would need another whole podcast for that. That's at least two hours by itself. Yeah. But, all the viewers we have, if that was the case. But go on, go on. So but, the West is packed, stacked, ready to go. Uh, so break it down for us. Your 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 power rankings. West is always competitive, but first, of course, I have the Lakers. No surprise there. Defending champions, and they got better. They had a Schroeder, had a Marcus All, Wes Matthews, uh, Montrezl Harrell. They resigned Caldwell Pope. So that I mean, that team just got better. To me, they're the hand right now. To me, they're the best team in the league and the best team in the West. Behind them. I have the Clippers, even though they some to me Harold was a big loss, but Ibaka is serviceable for them. He can play the four and the five, and I think this season is going to be a redemption year for Kawhi and um, Paul George. They have to really bounce back and play at a very high level to try to prove to people that last year was a fluke. Third, I have the Nuggets. I think losing Jeremy Grant is huge, but not a huge enough loss where they're going to drop out of being a top three th- top three team in the West. But now it puts more pressure on Michael Porter Jr. and Gary Harris to be healthy and to be productive all year because you don't have the same depth like they did last year. Fourth, I have the Trailblazers. Offensively, I think that's the scariest team in the NBA. Offensively. Defensively, they're not not great. But C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, Carmelo Anthony, Cantor, and Nurkic, that's a lot of offense that they could put on the floor at one time. And if you're not a great defensive team, they're going to score points on you. But if you can play defense, if you can play defense, you give yourself a chance. And if you can also score, you put more pressure on them to really play defense. But I think um, Covington, if he can have that impact as a defender for them, not only does he play good individual defense, he's also a good team defender. So he can kind of close some of those defensive mistakes that some players on the Trailblazers make especially um, Mello and CJ and Dame sometimes get beat off the dribble. So having a guy that can quickly come to help and then they can go go to his man 
will help them defensively. Um, then fifth, I put Dallas. That really depends on the health of Pazingas and the consistent play of Luka Doncic. Um, Mark Cuban has been a strong believer of saying that he regrets not staying with Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki, and that's who he compares Luka Doncic and Pazingas to. That that's his, his remake of that. Healthy, that team is solid enough where they could be a fifth seed in the West. Six, I went with Utah. Um, Utah has Donovan Mitchell secured now long-term. They all, they have Rudy Gobert that they like as their starting center. Ingles plays well for them at that two spot. Clarkson now is a guy that they need to start at the two or bring him off the bench. And then now having Conley there for a second season, I think he's more comfortable in his role and what he's supposed to be alongside Mitchell. The first year, I think he spent a lot of time filling out how Utah played and how Mitchell played. So sometimes he didn't really know, okay, do I, you know, be aggressive or do I sit back and watch Donovan Mitchell? Now he knows that, okay, this guy is that go-to. Mitchell is a go-to scoring option. He needs some help. So I think the two of them, if they can be a dynamic duo for Utah, then that team takes a step forward and solidifies a six spot, maybe can make a push for a four or five seed, depending on health of the two teams above them. Seventh, I have Houston. I think Houston with John Wall and James Harden can be a seventh seed about where they were last year with Russell Westbrook there. The only problem is now is what does James Harden want to do? If he wants, still wants to be traded or if he's going to decide to stay, that's going to play a big part on that team because if he stays and he doesn't really want to be there, that could be toxic and then they could drop out of the playoffs, in my opinion, if that team doesn't, is not focused in on playing basketball right now. Eighth, I put the Pelicans to me. I've said it in previous podcasts to me in the future. That's a scary team because of that young talent they have. They've decided that Brandon Ingram is going to be that franchise centerpiece player and he's still very young. So they're going to be a talented team for a long time. Um, the development and the continuing play of Lonzo Ball and Zion Williamson is going to be big because Ingram is that go-to guy, but right now they haven't solidified a second and third option. I think Lonzo could be that playmaker that they need to help spread the ball around and get some of those non-shooters, some easy baskets. And Zion is supposed to be that other franchise player that they have on the court. Um, and then I think they're having a coach that is going to infuse some older style of play to a team that's pretty much played more of a modern style of basketball in Van Gundy is also going to be addition, but it depends on how those young players take him. And Steven Adams gives them a defensive-minded big that can also offensive rebound and set screens and pass the ball on offense for them, which they didn't have since they lost Anthony Davis. And then ninth, I have the Golden State Warriors. Um, without When they lost Kevin Durant, they really went back to that strength and numbers basketball. Clay Thompson getting hurt is a big loss for them, but I think it even more plays into that strength and numbers concept. Now that he's going to, Steph Curry is really going to need the performances of Draymond Green, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, and now the rookie Wiseman on a consistent nights to help them be a competitive team. And then if they can stay healthy and that get back to that strength and numbers team, I think Steve Kerr can maybe surprise some people and that team might sneak into the playoffs. And that's not going to be easy first round opponent for anybody, especially just even if it's the Lakers, because of the fact that that's a team that has been there and won before, and they always play with a chip on their shoulder. And then tenth, I put the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul is a good addition, yes, 
but it came at the price of losing Kelly Oubre, who was a big-time player for them last year. In the bubble, it was pretty much – it was Booker, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Kelly Oubre were the best three players for that team. I think Ricky Rubio's performance in the bubble got overlooked. He was that playmaker that they've been looking for that they haven't had since they got rid of um, Gordon Drogic. But they decided to go with Chris and Paul. Yeah. And Eric Bledsoe. That was Very a nice true. little yeah. – bunch. They had a lot of guards. But they decided to go with Chris Paul. Um, the only thing about with going Chris Paul over Rubio is Chris Paul is older. So we don't know what he'll look like. If he looks like the player he was in OKC, then yeah, they, they got a chance to fight for that playing game to make it into the playoffs. If he starts to look like he's on a decline, then they'll just be like they were this year. They'll make a lot of noise, but they'll just be on the outside looking in. That's fair. I see you went ahead and put the Warriors in there regardless of them not having Clay, but Curry's back. So what about the Warriors – makes you have them as a bubble team rather than being an actual top eight seed? Um, I think if they had Thompson there, I would probably say they make the playoffs of the eighth seed. I would have put them eighth and put the Pelicans ninth because Clay and Steph are the best backcourt in the NBA when healthy. Mm-hmm. When what they do, what, and it's really mostly because of Clay Thompson, because if you talk about the scoring there are other scoring duos that are up there with them. Obviously, CJ and Dame are, could arguably say scoring-wise, they're the best duo in the league. But what Klay Thompson does defensively, because CJ and Dame are not great defenders, he overshadows that. Right. So having a guy that can defend at a high level and score at a high level makes them that dangerous. So not having them, having not having him, I said they took a step back to that ninth seed. But I think now getting Kelly Oubre it takes some pressure off of Andrew Wiggins because he's not a second option. If you said there was no Kelly Oubre, he'd be that second option hands down because it'd have to be okay. It got to be you, Curry, and Draymond. And he's Wiseman when he's, as he starts to develop. But now with Oubre, those are two guys on the court that can score 15 to 20 points where they can say, okay, I don't, Wiggins doesn't have to get 20, 25. You can give us 10, 15 and Oubre, you give us 10 to 15 Curry, you give us your 25, 30. Draymond, you give us your 10, 15. And then if Wiseman could turn into that 20 and 10 threat that they think that he can be, then that makes them a scary team in the West to fight for that eighth spot. So hypothetically speaking, if you were to have a healthy Klay Thompson, where are you putting the Warriors at? I would still – I'd have them at the eighth if healthy because then they really? wouldn't have Kelly – they wouldn't have Kelly Oubre. If Kelly – if if Clay Thompson is healthy, they don't go get Kelly Oubre. So then now that other option is Andrew Wiggins. They went and got Oubre because Clay Thompson got hurt. So that's like is the weird thing of why I think next year they're scarier. Because if they say I keep Steph, I keep Clay, and then I get rid of Wiggins, and that third option now becomes Kelly Oubre, then that's a scarier team. Because now it's like when they had Harrison Barnes and Kelly Oubre is a better player than Harrison Barnes. So now you've got the lead man and Stephen Clay, Oubre, who's a better player than Barnes, who give you 15, 20 points. You've got Draymond. And then now you have a second-year version of Wiseman and not a rookie version of Wiseman. So that's why, like, the, like I said, the Warriors are in a weird spot because, like I said, they don't make the Oubre deal if Thompson doesn't get hurt. If Thompson doesn't get hurt, they don't feel that need to go get Kelly Oubre. But with him getting hurt, 
that made them scarier going forward. Okay, so there was no Oubre, but it was Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Green, Wiseman. Where would you have Warriors at? Eighth. I'd put them at eighth. I do not trust Andrew Wiggins because that's that's, that's what I'm like. Because if you're looking, because if you're looking, if you're looking, if you're looking at that team, right? Even mm-hmm. if you said Steph and Clay, okay, they have Steph and Clay. Still, that bench is still not that great. Right. Still not a great bench. An older Draymond who's coming off a in season where he spent most of that time hurt, and Curry's coming off a season when he's been hurt, and Thompson is coming off a devastating injury from well, last Thompson's year. Another one. So that's why I said coming off ACL injury, we don't know how long it would have took Clay to really get back into a top level of play. It may have taken him 15, 20 games to really get his feet back under him where he started looking like that Clay Thompson before he got hurt. And with a season where you got COVID makes it unpredictable, you got most of your games being played in your division, it makes it a harder feel for him to just get going that quickly. Same thing we worried about with Kevin Durant. That's the only reason why I said that. But I think next year, if they decide to bring back Kelly Oubre and dump Wiggins next year, I think they go back to being a top four team in the, in the Western Conference. Okay, I was, I was like, I was like, hold on a second. I was like, so the Warriors don't get in with the with them. I, I, was, I was confused, but I just want, I just want to clarification. I'm like, hold on a second. Like that got me like, I was bamboozled. I was bamboozled. Ran astray. That was a while. But I was, I was like, I want to hear a full clarification for like, that. was hot. I spicy. That's spicy. <laughs> That's spicy. And so those chicken Alfredo. That's just not really spicy at all. Um, so I'll, uh, you know what? Soto was uh, giving you some uh, oddball looks. So you know what? I'll go to Soto for the Soto next is year. the king of the oddball looks. Yeah. Like, I had some looks, but Soto was like, what? What did he say? Sure. So, sure. I noticed. Yo, when I think <laughs> so number one, obviously, you know, I got the Lakers. And when I think about the Lakers, I think of one guy, Jared Dudley. Oh, my and, God. Uh, <laughs> that will do the podcast. I want to have a good night and never come back again. No. So, you know. Oh, hold, hold, think, hold, 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 hold up. Can you believe they gave him a no trade clause? Because that man is the goat. Can you believe they gave him, what, $2.9 million, was it? 2.6 with a no goat. trade clause. Oh, That's what AD was waiting for. He's waiting for Jared Dudley to sign. Oh, boy. But, um. Go on, so. No, nah, I mean, go with the Lakers. You would think. You know, after a championship, uh, you know, a team wins a championship, you, you think they would, you know, hit, you know, go on a drought or something. They got better, tremendously better. You know, they got the sixth man of the year and they got the runner up of the sixth man of the year. So they're, they're absolutely stacked right now. So, um, you know, nobody's taking down the Lakers in the West. So I have uh, the Lakers at one. At two, it may come as a little of a surprise, but I have Denver. Uh, and the reason I have Denver is because Jamal Murray has now transitioned into being a superstar after that bubble performance. And, um, yeah, Grant is a huge loss for them, but this is where um, Michael Porter Jr. steps up and becomes that third He gets option. what he wants. Exactly. And becomes that third, like, you know, significant option that they truly need. Um, so, yeah, I have the Nuggets going, too. For three, I got – the Clippers. Uh, 
I, you know, the Clippers, I think, are, are taking a little dip this season. Um, they lost Montrezl Harrell. Um, yeah, they got Ibaka, but I think the supporting cast that uh, Kawhi has now is worse than last year. I can agree with that. So that's why I have them uh, sliding a bit. Um, four, I got – oh, Utah. So I have Utah um, going forth. Um, and the reason I have Utah going forth is because, again, similar to what I said about, you know, um, Denver with Jamal Murray is the same thing with Donovan Mitchell. And then plus they get um, Bogdanovich back, who was out last season. And also, I mean, he's still a significant player, a pretty decent player. They get Derek Favors uh, uh, again, you know, have him come out the bench. It's, a, it's another a, quality big they ought to have. Right, it's a it's a quality big that they have off the bench. Um, so it just you know it improves their bench. Um, let me see. Number five, I got the Blazers. Uh, Keem hit the money when when he said you know they're the most dangerous offensive team, and then not only do they have the same players, they also add Covington a a great three and D guy. And you have Melo come off the bench. Melo, I hope Melo goes after that six man of the year award. Um, so yeah. And that's the thing. You, you don't know, like you have, you know, Dame and um, McCollum, but they have so many other shooters. They have Gary Trent Jr. I mean, also getting Cantor back is big because he felt really comfortable in that system. So he could be big for them coming off the bench. Um, right. Uh, six, I have the Rockets and we don't know what to expect from John Wall. We do know, you know, obviously you're going to have the superstar in James Harden, but, um, we don't know what to expect from John Wall, but having him reunite with Boogie, I think is very exciting. I think it's going to, right. And and it, it boosts the confidence of both players. And they also signed Christian Wood. So I like the Rockets uh, roster this season more than last they're, season. They're interesting. Right. Because this season they have more of a complete lineup. Last year, you know, they were lacking bigs. They went small ball. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that can only take you so far. So, now they have a little bit of everything. So, um, yeah, I have them at six. At seven, I have the Mavericks. And originally I had the Mavericks maybe potentially going – three or four, but we don't know what's up with the health of Porzingis. Um, it, that's just a, a, a big question mark, a mystery. Um, we know Luca. Luca is like on the cusp of that superstar uh, potential. Um, and, and they did improve the roster a little bit, but they need to add more pieces to it because again, we just, we just like Porzingis' future is kind of like uncertain right now with that injury. It's like, we don't know what to expect when he comes back. It's not going to be if the same old If he's back 100% even, like, whatever he's going to be. Right. Uh, so I have them at seven. At eight, I have the Warriors. Um, yeah. Listen, the the injury to Clay Thompson is is devastating. If Clay, you know, if Clay actually was healthy, I had them probably fourth. Because, yeah, it, we're just playing the if, you know, um, if healthy card. Kelly, uh, training for Kelly Oubre was 
was completely huge. You know, you have all these players that are coming back um, who were injured last season. So, and then you add Wiseman, something that they were kind of lacking, the true big man. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, of course, you know, there's questions also about um, Curry because the last two seasons he's missed, like, I think 20-plus games. So his health is also um, a question mark, which is why I have them at eight. Um, nine Phoenix Suns. So what would they go? Eight, eight and zero in the bubble. Nine and zero. Eight and zero. Missed the game. Missed the by I think a game and a half. Right, and then you add Chris Paul, that veteran, you know, point guard, future Hall of Famer. Um, it's just, it's just going to take the pressure off Devin Booker. Um, and then this is going to make DeAndre Ayton a whole lot better because that's going to be pick and rolls every time. So. Yeah, I love the Phoenix Suns at nine. And for the 10th spot. <sighs> Spurs, son. Why is anybody surprised by the Spurs fan picking the Spurs? Two, Spurs two fan picks. 10. Yes, you're so right. Before, before you go on with this. Two fan picks. Yeah, so before, before we go with that, with what's going on with this team, what mixes that's the ten? Before you go on your Spurs tangent, oh yeah, of course. What makes you feel? I think few areas that the Spurs will go from where they were to jump into the playoffs again with the same the same net roster. But what what is it? Where where do you see the jump? Because the West high, right? But all right, so I I think it. I'll break this down. I think the Kings and Thunder didn't do anything to help their offseason. Kings got worse. Uh, Thunder got worse. Right. Oh, yeah. And the Kings, I mean, yeah, they got Whiteside, but, I mean, he, I'm sorry, but he's a lazy big, so I, I don't see how that's an improvement. Um, lazy is a uh, – has to be polite. Pelicans – I think the Shocking. Pelicans – I know. They're very talented. I'm, I'm not truly sold on them yet. And then the fact that they lost Drew Holiday, I think it's huge. Um, I mean, they obviously they they you know they needed to get rid of him, but um, I just don't see like I'm not confident in them just yet. I just need to you know see some more games out of them. Um, now that they're all fully healthy, you know you have a, a fully healthy Zion's to start the season off. Um, I'm just not convinced with them yet. Um, who do I have? Oh, Memphis. All right, Memphis. I don't think they even signed anybody in the offseason. Disappointing offseason. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Morant obviously is the future of that team, but they they have a decent lineup and coach and system, but they didn't do much to improve that team. They just stayed put. Yep. So, so I'm looking at it in the sense where the Spurs – I love their the Spurs both of the draft picks, so they you know off the bat they improved that, and then it's a possibility that you know you could trade Demar Derozan and Aldridge, but you know as of right now they're still part of the team and they're still two right. all stars. I'm not gonna say superstars because you know um, they're past their prime right now, but there's two all stars. So um, and also I'm, I'm a Spurs fan, so I have them at ten. <laughs> I, I respect it. I was just like, what's your theology on that? I was like Yeah. No, I just no, I just like I just saw like 
what the other teams did. The Kings, the Thunders, the Timberwolves, like they didn't do much. Okay, the Timberwolves, yeah, they added um, you know, uh the topic. Yeah, Edwards. Anthony Edwards. But again, we don't know how he fits with that team and how he fits with, you know, D'Angelo Russell. Um, and then, you know, the other teams like, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies, they just stayed put. They didn't improve the team at all. So um that that's you know, that's why I picked the Spurs at ten. Okay. Come on, out of all those teams, Coach Pop. <laughs> yeah. Who didn't make the playoffs this year? And Pop yeah. we trust. I trust in Pop. Trusted or trust? No, I trust. Trust in. Okay. So you trust I said trusted for the I trusted Pop. How the are you trusted? Trust nah, pop. nah, I trust in Pop. He might pop up for real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, before I take my pick, that was, it was it was I was seeing what you were thinking about that. I was I was going to complain. I had no complaints in your pick. Before Singer McDaniel's, hey, how we doing right now? Oh, you feeling you feeling good? You been sitting there relaxing? No, I've been nodding my head a lot because I honestly agree a lot with I is honestly dead on just about with Soto minus the Spurs situation. Um, so number one, we got the returning champs, the Lakers. Uh, number two, I got Denver. I feel like, yeah, they lost um, Grant, but Michael Porter Jr. is going to fill, fill that spot with no problem. He was showing a lot of good signs in the bubble. So I think that was that was the confidence spark he needed in the coach and staff needed in him to see that, to be like, okay, you know what? It's okay we lost that guy. We have faith in you. Um, third, I have the Clippers because they're still a good team. They still got Kawhi. They still got Paul George. They got Ibaka to replace Montrez, which is fine. That's I think it's too, right? yeah, I, I rock with Ibaka. I feel like that's gonna be a good trade off. But the only reason why I have him going from second to third is just because even though you know certain people left and stuff, it's just a bunch of like it's still the the battle of LA. It's not really a battle, it's the, it's the Lakers city, whatever. But it's just the whole doc. Oh, was it using me right? Like the other day, Paul George came out saying, I felt like I wasn't being used right. And then Doc responded today talking about, you know, I'm not going to go there with that. And um, if he feels that way, it wasn't just one coaching thing. It was the overall, it was all the right now was Yeah, exactly. So even that shot, it's like you kind of took a shot at your assistant, who's now the head coach over there. It's like, it's just messy over there right now. But I think even with all the, off-court mess, I guess you can call it. They'll still find a way because they're talented to hang around that third-place area. Fourth, I have the Blazers um, because they're going to be healthy. I feel like as long as they stay healthy, like going off what Keem said and also what sort of said, they got so much scores. Like, they got scores. I mean, so much scores, it's just like as that's the point of the game. Like, you can only stop so much people. And if everybody's scoring, it's like, yo, we can't do nothing. We're going to average um, 130 a game. Watch. And probably still give up like 115, but they're going to give up a lot good. of points too. It is all good. Uh, here's where my my uh, Western Conference uh, ranking start to go different from what Soto did. I got Utah after the Blazers because I feel like Donovan Mitchell made that leap, and he he gave a few 50 balls. Like he his it's only a been two 50 balls. Yeah. <laughs> It's only been two months, so I feel like when you're hot, you're hot. He's still hot. I feel like that first two, three weeks of this the NBA season is going to be crazy. Not preseason, but when the season starts back up, you're going to see a lot of high, uh, crazy numbers again. 
Um, I, I like I like the favorites pickup. Uh, I also agree with what Keem was saying that Conley being there is um, being there for a second year is going to, you know, bring the camaraderie with them. Mitchell can move back off the ball. Conley missed a little bit of the bubble due to the birth of his child. So I feel like that's that's just good overall for the team. Um, Dallas, I have as that would be my sixth one, right? So Dallas will be sixth. Um, I think even with Perzingis possibly playing a little bit of the season, maybe not, who knows? I still think that Luke is that guy where he can put the Mavericks, Mavericks on his back and do what he has to do to get them into the playoff spot. Now, will they get out the first round without Perzingis? Doubt it. But we know, we know Luca is that guy. We've seen it. He already showed it. So I feel like he he's gonna do what he has to do. Seventh, I have Houston. I have Houston not because not only because they have the freaking what is he the four time leading scorer in the NBA right now Harden. three four yeah Harden. So no matter what's going on, you know, with if he wants to be there right now or not, we know he's been clubbing with a little baby lately. Whatever, whatever. He's still a walking bucket. Like that I boy. The Houston clubs are pretty nice around this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He played a lot. He paid a lot of tuitions, future tuitions, mortgages, who knows? But they was they was they, they was making it rain. <laughs> <laughs> he was making it rain. They all were. But anyways, but with that being said, that's you know, off the court. On the court, he's he's still a bucket. So he's still gonna do what he has to do on the court. And I feel like John Wall and Boogie already have chemistry. So that just that just mix those three together, it's going to be like, all right, maybe if the coach is smart, you have Harden go back off ball, similar to OKC days a little bit. I mean, granted, he's going to be on ball a lot. But in certain situations, he can save some energy for fourth quarter. He always burns out for how many seasons now straight we see him burn out. And then it looked like he burned out in the bubble, but he did. Like, he always burns out in the playoffs because he's doing so much. He's starting to become his, like, oh, he's just a regular season guy. Which is still fun to watch, but then there's like the playoffs, it's just like damn what's going on. Exactly. Eighth, I got the Warriors creeping in eighth. I think we are forgetting not just us, but the media, everybody, who the hell Steph Curry is. He done changed the game. He done changed the whole NBA. He done changed the video games too. (laughs) Like to the point where some people ain't playing the video games. Like that's the worst. Legit. So yeah, he didn't play that much, but we got to remember he did come back from that injury, the wrist injury, and then there was just, you know, having a crappy season, so he just chilled out, which is fine, you know. Um, it sucks what happened to Clay. It really does, and I think if Clay's healthy, then they're top four, top five. Um, right. I think Wiseman fits right in. I think Ube fits right in. I think Draymond does what Draymond does. He's the glue, and I think Curry – Having to sit there and watch, especially LeBron, because he's been going at it with LeBron his whole career when it comes to, you know, battling the finals, championship-wise and stuff. To watch LeBron, you know, get that ring and stuff, similar to what I feel like KD probably feels. He's probably like, damn, I want to get back on that court. I got a chip on my shoulder. Nobody's talking about Curry. Everybody's talking about the loss to Clay. Nobody thinks Curry could do this, but he can so I feel like uh, – I also feel like he, he's, he's going to tweak his game. I feel like he probably definitely tweaked his game a little bit because he, he's up there with age now. He's getting older, and that's when guards start to tweak their game. Maybe it's maybe he doesn't 
take as much contact going to the hoop. Maybe he literally just stops and do floaters, also Chris Paul stuff, or literally right. stops the straight middies to, you know, preserve his body and try to stay healthy as much as possible. Um, ninth, I got Phoenix. Um, I think they just ride that that train off what they already had going on in the bubble from going undefeated. Book run. Yep. And then now you add Chris Paul, which similar to what I just said about Harden possibly with what they could do with Wall is with Chris Paul, they could Booker off ball, Booker go through screens. You know, Chris Paul is going to help Booker become even better, which is even more scarier because we're already like, damn, can he get like, he's already a good yeah. scorer. Like, can he get, yeah. So imagine Chris Paul making Booker a two way guy. Like, that. that's scary. So I, I got them uh, honestly fighting. For the for the eighth spot, but ended up you know losing that battle, being right. ninth, and then I got the Pelicans being tenth. Um, they have a really good squad on paper. I don't know how it's gonna work out when they play, but I really like that squad on paper. I'm an Adam. I'm an Adams fan. We know that. So I think Adams helps Zion develop, and I also think Adams being there big uh, works out with Bledsoe and Lonzo, like with pick and roll games and all that, and just a, a good defender who just and just a veteran leader who knows the game well, who can just bring some knowledge onto these young guys. And I think Ingram balls out this year. Okay. I think Ingram balls out this year. Uh, you had Houston at seven. So yes. where do you see the dynamic of John Wall and Boogie Cousins coming back together, playing a part? I think it plays a huge part because literally I don't have Houston making the playoffs or maybe they, maybe they make the play-in if there's no John Wall there and they just lose Westbrook for nothing. So I think John Wall definitely um, brings, brings a, a, he has a chip on his shoulder. He's going to bring a bunch of firepower. He's going to, he's going to push that ball like to the point where, when kind of like a young Westbrook, I feel like the, the reuniting Westbrook and Harden happened a little bit too late, maybe two years too late. Uh, so now it's like, you can see, when you put John Wall there, what maybe it could have been a couple years ago, or maybe if he never left OKC, it's going to be up-tempo, which Harden already loves, which he's already used to. Um, sometimes you don't have to go crash. Boogie would take care of the ball if he could just leak. Wall will look up, throw away. Like, it's just going to be high pace, a lot of scoring, which is typical Houston basketball. Definitely uh, a uh, comeback player of the year nominee. Yes, yeah. definitely. Oh, him, anybody coming off injury, him, Curry, KD, even Boogie. Even Boogie, but I feel like Wall shows his impact when it comes to the second half of the season and playoffs when the game slows down because he's going to do pick and roll with Boogie, pick and pop with Boogie. I feel like when you have that chemistry with somebody, you don't lose it. They went to college together. They Even before that, they known each other since I think it was 13, 14. Yeah. So they've been – they got years. They, they got years. Out. Yes, yeah. they got years. So it's like that doesn't – you don't leave that now. Hopefully, Harden and Wall can, you know, mesh. The key yeah, is Harden. But yeah, the key is Harden because the way it seems like his mindset is, it's like I'm doing whatever to get the hell out of here. Right. It's Harden. If he don't want to be there, the season's over. Yeah. If he don't sabotage, because yeah. that'd be a little interesting. I mean, technically, he's already breaking rules if we go by what the yeah. NBA already put out. Yeah. So we don't even know what the NBA is going to do about that. And Harden is Houston, so let's yeah, see. He, he's pretty much positive like, on top of that. Oh, it's over. Yeah, he's so, pretty much forcing oh, like the Rockets' hand right now at this point. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, 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 he's on some yeah pouting and on some 
you know, I get there when I get there, and when I get there, I'm gonna just, you know, give give the whole give the whole NBA buckets, which we know you do, bro. But we need more than that from you. <laughs> like, no, and that's the thing. Like, tired of saying, yeah, you're the leading scorer. If I'm hardened, I should be like, yo, like, let me give this shit a shot because it's like, like, I think on paper this is a way better roster than they had last year. Oh, hundred percent. Definitely because they actually they have, have a center. And yeah, they have two. Like, Exactly. He's exactly. just worried about the, the change of play being different exactly. with a new coach. That and also, I don't think he approved of the new coach, and I just I don't think it's a shot to, towards Walt or Boogie. I think it's more towards management. It's to upper management, like yo, y'all keep doing this these reckless changes without informing me. But I'm your guy. You guys wanted yeah. me. You guys signed me. You guys gave me millions on top of millions on top of millions. A buck sixty. Thank you, County. Well, Stephen Silas, Silas has been there the whole time, so it's not like this is like he has. I, no, I know, I know, but he, just, uh, he, just not, he doesn't have D'Antoni's play or some yeah, of the play style, and, but and, um, he's gonna incorporate out about a week after D'Antoni yeah, was gone that him and Westbrook didn't like that, and that obviously it hit hard and harder because him and D'Antoni were really close. Like, think about it, like because exactly made him who he was. I listen to NBA radio a lot, so I'm gonna steal Sam Mitchell's concept. Okay. When you when you love a coach, you win for him. It's hard to say you love a coach when you're not winning for him. He knew going in the last season what Dan Tony was walking into. This was a if we don't make the finals, he's going. So yeah. when, you, when you're the best player, you know that your head coach is under that type of pressure. You gotta go get it done for him. If you don't get it done for him, the team was big. They had none. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> so you supposed to go in the front office and tell Daryl Moore, like, yo, that, don't that, trade Capella. That's why I brought up. That's why I brought up. But that's a deal they made. They they asked him first. They didn't make that trade. Not asking. I don't know because I feel like Capella and Harden had some chemistry, man. Yeah, but they gonna ask him that. They gonna ask him that. That's a trade that big. They asked him that. They didn't just sit there and go, yeah, we good. So, all right, you be all right. We're going to trade your, your center, and you're going to figure it out. They asked him. That's the worst thing yeah. they ever did. That's, that's, that's what really they got clipped in the playoffs. That, that sent them back two years. I mean, yeah. They're going to put a better shot, shot but they got destroyed in the playoffs. In the open. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Like said, they he, barely got by OKC. James Harden, like you said, James Harden yeah. is a bucket. Yeah. They probably said to him, no Capella, look at that lane yeah. you're going to have. And he probably was like, yeah. You right. Oh man, I'm about to get these buckets now. And you got ran out of town. Bucket <laughs> bucket. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I say if, if there if there was no John Wall and they just lost Westbrook for nothing, then I out. I will have them out and I have Memphis creeping in because Josh is a he's hungry man. I, John, he, I gotta, I gotta John has that. He, yeah, but John has that young Westbrook mentality. Yeah, but. With a little bit better IQ, like it's like he knows, and he he, he can shoot. That's the thing; he gets it. He knows what yeah. he can do, and that's yes. the scariest part. Exactly, he knowing what you can do, and then not knowing what you Blind Fury, like that said a lot. So I'll step in, Ramon. Obviously, because when you go to the finals, whether you win or lose, you're one and two. So Miami's the first seed. First seed. East Philadelphia is my power ranking in the East. The Lakers yeah. won the chip. So no matter how much they gained or lost, they they're still just them. won the chip. Yeah. So sure. therefore, they're the first seed. There's nothing else to debate about that. So two, I'm going with the Nuggets. I think losing Grant was big, but it wasn't the end all. That like, all right, we're 
be dubbed down a lot. Jamal Murray's Reese's, Reese's his point. It's him and Jokic, who's the, who's the superstar of the team, either or. The team runs through Jokic, but Jamal Murray's the one that drives the whip. He just, he drives the whip. He drives the Lamborghini all the way back to do. That's a luxury. That franchise is in a luxurious state right now because you have two stars, two legitimate stars, either one of them is a superstar, and you got Michael Porter Jr., who's been talking a lot of smack. Whole lot of garbage. Right. And then Knicks could have had him. That's the crazy part. I said that too. But it was like, no, we can't Porzingis is hurt. We can't take out with a bad back. Who y'all Jeff said? Neil Keenan or something like that? Kevin yes. Knox? One of them. One no, of them boys. No, Knox. No. Yes, Knox. No, it's a Knox. It was Knox. It was Knox. It was Knox. <laughs> so I don't remember. It's a nightmare. So but at the same time, shout out to uh poor Junior because a back's a back. When you have a lumbar, that means if something goes wrong, you're not playing ball ever again. So shout out to be healthy. So him, he's playing with that chip because anybody and who wouldn't say otherwise, if you're at the point where you can't walk anymore and now you're playing in the league, you're, you're balling in the playoffs, you will have that chip until you prove otherwise. So until he gets that max money and is the guy in Denver, he's going to be going after everybody, which is understandable. I would too. If I'm being counted out by injury, I'm beating the odds. But that team fit. Mike Malone has a great system. That team is a plug-and-play. Will Barton is coming back, so I'm not really sweating losing Jeremy Grant because Paul Millsap, no matter how old he gets, his style of play it still fits exactly what needs to be done. And he's a proven vet. We've yeah, seen it from time and time point, again. Because I completely forgot about uh, Will Barton. Will Barton is – and they paid him money to be that guy. Jeremy Grant took over because Will Barton was hurt. So, and Paul Millsap, as we've seen, whether it was Utah, whether it was Atlanta, and even now with Denver, he produces when given. He sits on the bench, he does he hang, does what he got to do. Gets in the game, he produces. So, with no grant, yes, they got a little older because of that. At the same time, Paul Millsap's one of the highly, highly coveted free agents, or even just players in general, that Denver still has. And he was a mainstay of the team beforehand. Before anybody came around. Then we went to Clippers. Um, losing Trez was I wouldn't say it was like vital, but it was it was important. Trez fit what Montrez Harrell, sixth man of the year, um, was a quality big that fit what was needed to score when the Clippers couldn't score. At the same time, he was a extreme defensive liability. Because Zubac Zubac couldn't do over so much, and you got Trez chasing all these guys around the around the floor. It didn't work out for him. In retrospect, you had Ibaka, who won't need the ball, it's just be there to play defense and rebound. And then you have Lou Will, who we're not gonna forget how elite Lou Will is. Lemon Pepper Lou, yeah, aka twenty a game Lou, aka a quality guard out off the bench. You can't play no and defense. If, and they, I mean, they overpaid. I mean, defenses, you don't pay Luwell for defense. Luwell is for one thing, wings, strippers, and buckets. So that's how, <laughs> that's how it's got to be. But you signed Marcus Morris. You re-signed Marcus Morris. Um, from what I heard, he was on his way out going back to New York. But the Clippers, obviously losing Trez, was going to throw it back. Get back yeah, the Who's not going to say no to $64 million to do the same thing you did in New York and the Clippers? You stay in the same spot in a, play, a contending team, or go back to New York where you want to be at. So, I take the back too if it means me getting paid my biggest payday yet. So, 
with Ty Lue, it's interesting. Um, as good of a coach he is, he's still questionable because he won his chip with LeBron. And we all know every LeBron team is LeBron run team. So we will see how this looks now with hair full control. He's not left with a dumpster fire that was Cleveland. Because you saw how bad that was LeBron. You, know, you saw how bad that went. So Kawhi Leonard, top five player. Paul George has to shut his mouth and play. Stop saying you want to be here for your career and you get traded the next year. It makes no sense. You were the guy in Indiana. You got mad because they want to rebuild. You want it out. Your first year with OKC, you had an MVP caliber year. And then you had Bellow. And then all of a sudden, I want out. So you want to trade Russ instead of being the guy and taking the mantle of being the superstar. If you are the star of a team and they're giving you the keys to the, to the castle, to the kingdom, you take that and you abuse that ability. He didn't want it. He left Indiana, left OKC. He goes to Clippers. Now he's back home. So your first year back, granted, you come, I understand it. You come out from injury. And I'm not going to question mental health. But when you're on the floor and you say you feel good, you're back to normal, you did nothing. Before you came out with all your with, with, with mental illness, which I'm not going to debate that because we're humans, we all go through that. But you come up saying, I feel better, I feel relieved, and now you're ready to play ball. You still didn't do anything. So that goes back. What did, you, what did that coincide? Was that just a scapegoat? Was that a cop yeah. out? Said, or were you really not healthy? Or, you know what I'm saying? There's a, lot to, there's a lot of question in regards for that. It was the but Pendown's fault. We, I mean, was it Glenn's fault? <laughs> we shall see how that goes. Um, but it's still, it's still a quality roster nonetheless. They, lost, they lost some, but it wasn't – they lost everything. They were able to capitalize on free agency to get what they had to get. Although I do, I will say this: the Shamet, the Shamit loss was big. I really, I don't, my fan Luke Kennard, losing Shamit as a yeah. guard is pretty important. That three and D player. Yeah, so they got to find, you got to find it elsewhere. So then you go with the Blazers, as we know, as anybody who knows me personally or who will know me here, I am the end all be all and say all for coming out and support. Melo is got a full year with the Blazers. CJ is healthy. Dame is healthy. Nurkic, who was the reason why they got into the playoffs from the bubble, is healthy. You picked up Covington, who was going to be a huge part of helping everybody on the floor, not just Dame and CJ and Melo, but Nurkic as well. And then you're going to look at the bench, where you have Gary Trent, who came out and shined last year in the playoffs. Cantor comes back, and he's back in a limited role, which is simple. Rebound and post up. Simple as that. Um, Terry Stas has figured out a system and how to run the system. I hope Melo wins six man of the year. Um, averaging 16, 17 a game off the bench will be way bigger than it was averaging 20 a game or 18 a game as a starter. So um, I had a tough call between Utah or Houston going at the five. I'm going with Utah because Donovan Mitchell is – I'm going to say this now. I take or not, Donovan Mitchell is a top-10 player in this league, um, a top. His first year with Utah, he showed that in the playoffs. Yeah, he had a chance to be that guy, and then the following year, he just dominated. And as you see this going forward, he's just showing proof that he's a bucket, and he will carry your team to wherever this team is going to go. I don't like, I, they didn't do much in, in um, free agency. 
They got to find out how to figure out a big man for Gobert. I think Favors is going to be the starting foreman. Um, they got to find somebody to help out Joe Ingles because Joe Ingles can't be the only small forward shooting the ball. Uh, I, I can't name the rest of that bench who will, who will consistently produce the way Joe Ingles produces. That's Jimmy DeSoto. Which, no, no, uh, I was going to say my fault. Um, which is why I think like having Bogdanovich back, back from yeah. injury is huge for them. Because so, then you, you could either move what favors to the bench or you could move on. Um, it becomes the backup. I might and then you go Bogdanovich and Ingles as a 3 yeah. 4. So you might go be. small ball with Gobert covering the, the middle. So, um, and then you go along with Conley, who I'm a big fan of Conley as well. Mike Conley under a year. He played better in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. And I think now we're a full year under the system. Chris Snyder is an excellent defensive-minded coach. And that team, behind Conley, behind Mitchell, behind Gobert, and if Favors finds out how to guard somebody, will fall in play as well. That team will go, still go as far as Donovan Mitchell will. But if Mitchell does what he does, we get in the playoffs, in the bubble, that team will be a top-five team, no hesitation. So then I go with Houston at six. Um, I have John Wall winning comeback player of the year. No slam to KD. But Kate, last we seen KD, he was balling in the finals when he got hurt. John Wall got hurt midseason. And they got hurt, what was it, falling in the shower, falling down the stairs at home. And he was gone for another year. Slipped down the stairs. He hasn't played since since December 26, 2018. Do we realize how long that's? Yeah. It's, three it's been three two years, about to be three, because 2020 was around yeah. the corner. It's basically but three seasons. It's essentially three seasons, two and a half seasons. So he'll win comeback player of the year, and I think Boogie's going to win most improved. Um, they have a good squad. They kept Eric Gordon. They can't P.J. Tucker. I think they're going to pay P.J. Tucker. Otherwise, Tucker's going to be gone because there's a whole bunch of anarchist-like players on that roster. P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon with complaining about usage. James Harden hates management. Superstars hate man, hate their, their ownership. What else is new? Um, but the difference between Russ and Harden and John Wall and Harden, John Wall knows how to defer. John Wall is a facilitating guard. Up and down, so the style of play does not change. But John Wall looks to pass first, shoot second. So you don't mind deferring to Harden if it means to produce numbers. Now, Harden, now Wall, if you look at John Wall's game, even playing with Bradley Beal in Washington, he can carry a team consistently for several games if whatever, through the injury, whatever it may be, John Wall could do it. And the fact that you're playing week 4 4 with Ant, Boogie's with them. Boogie's back to normal. Hopefully he's back to normal. Yeah. Boogie can average 20 and 10 on this team without even touching the ball because with that offense, with the intro now, Steven Silas, they're taking 33s a game. They're taking almost 100 shots a game, or they'll try to. So you can't make them all, and ain't nobody stopping Boogie on the block. So that's going to be rebounds and putbacks every two seconds. So even if even – if, Cousin goes 18 and 10, 20 and 10. Nobody's stopping DeMarcus Cousins. It's been shown in the past. Now, can you do it while being healthy and not being hurt every two seconds, as it has been a couple in the past couple of years? We, we shall see. Um, I think uh, playing alongside John Wall, he could, he could get back to that level. Because he doesn't have to do much. 
with the Kings, he is breaking his body down every play after play. Yeah. He was like Jokic on that team. Yeah. But the thing is, Cousins is more athletic gifted, he's more skilled at what he does compared to Jokic. I'm I'm not gonna have Jokic run the fast break 15, 20 times a game. Boogie will do that and he can do that consistently. So we'll see how that how that goes. Christian Wood. I don't, and I said it before, I don't know why the Pistons traded Drummond to play Wood, where, where Wood's 36-minute per numbers was 23-7-4, and shooting 40% from the three and 60 from the field, whatever it was, to then let him walk for nothing. They were just desperate to get out of that Drummond contract. Like, bro, nah, you got rid of Drummond, it's fine, you played Wood. Then you don't you don't hey, resign him. He didn't fit with the other four bigs they had. Remember, you, you didn't need said four, they had four bigs. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many how many bigs did they sign this offseason? They had five centers. That's what I'm saying. They, they yeah, was like, we already centers. got five. We don't need six. We don't need six. They got All five. I'm saying now, Lord, we pray for Blake Griffin, <laughs> and we pray for Derrick Rose. We might get traded. You can't get a layup. <laughs> they're about to have Blake. They're, they're about to have uh, Blake Griffin <laughs> play the two. Or bro, like I don't know what Dwayne Case is doing, but that's the East. They're talking about the West. Christian was me, great fit at three, um, a stretch four, who can play the five, and he has an all-around game. So he's defensively minded. He could shoot. He could facilitate. He can do what has to get done to. to to work on the floor. Eric Gordon, former six man of the year. PJ Tucker has earned his claim as being the first five foot eleven center to hold his own in the league. Um, but now he go he goes back to being a small forward, being a four, back or four, whatever it is. Yeah. And don't sleep on Kenny Wooten either. Kenny Wooten was a former Jilly Club with the Knicks. Um, he was looking for big money. He didn't want to go and be behind anybody going to Houston. He allowed he gets a bigger role. So being the backup big to Jamarcus Cousins, he does the same thing, rebound and block shots. He's an insanely excellent shot blocker. So as a fellow Knicks, uh, as a Knicks fan and a fellow fan of Kenny Wood, I hope you know the, the skies, the floor to him, or what's uh, Jordan saying, the ceiling is the roof. Yeah. So you know I hope that Kenny Wood does well. But that team runs as good as – it runs as well as John, John, uh, James Harden wants to push that team. So, them going to Warriors 7. Um, Steph Curry is – all the kids back to being the best point guard in the league. Now he's the top three point guard. Changed the game. What's understood is not need to explain what Steph Curry does to that team. Um, I'm going to go off with what Kim said about Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was hooping before they picked up Zach. Well, it has Zach Levine, and then he got Butler, and he just put a whole team. They went from the first option to the fourth, and then all of a sudden, production dropped. When he had, when he's with the Warriors now, he was able to produce at a, at a consistent rate. But he wasn't doing anything crazy. Dude, that's what he did in Minnesota on Golden State. So nothing changes. You got to do what you got to do, averaging 17, 18 a game as the second and or third option, depending on how you look at Kelly Oubre and or James Wiseman. Um, that team's going to go as well as Steph Curry goes, but at the same time, they got to fix that bench. The bench is still a big problem. Um, 
with James Wiseman, that was if a healthy Clay Thompson, I would have put them two or three because you can't go by the big. I'll put them at three because James Wiseman does exactly what Green was going to do, what Green did during the playoffs when they went to to the finals year in and year out. But Green is going back to the four, and now Wiseman controls the paint. He is what Bogey was, but Wiseman can shoot and post up. So that's where I'll sit with the Warriors at eight, at seven. At eight, I'm going to Mavs. And the reason why I say that, this team is riding and dying on KP being healthy, Luka being that guy. Luka being that guy couldn't handle the playoffs. And that's just, that's just because the team didn't have much to work with, so he just did what he could to, to get through. KP's injury is huge because once again, like he was with the Knicks and now he's with the Mavericks, he's hurt again. It's another meniscus. He's missing, I don't know how many weeks. I don't know if it's six weeks from today or whatever. He got the surgery done. But that's huge. Um, the good thing about the Mavericks, they got Dwight, they got Dwight Powell back. And the loss of Seth Curry is going to be huge as he goes to Philly. But it's not going to be the, the worst thing in the world because of the long right. And Shout out to uh, sure. they still have JJ Barea. Well, JJ Barea is also that's the goat. He, he's he's yeah, yeah, it's like that's the Dallas goat over there in Dirk right there. Shout out to Puerto Rico, that's all I gotta say. JJ Barea, yes, sir. Um, but Rick Carlisle has a great has a great system. That system is almost flawless when healthy. Losing KP's shoes because now he's relying on Luca again to backpack his team again. Until KP gets back to being mildly healthy, if he's mildly healthy again, so that's why I have, if he was healthier, I put him at five. But because he's not healthy, I really, as a star, I'm, as as an owner, I'm really not trying to let Luca play 40 minutes a night for the next 10, 15 games on a condensed 72 game season to get through. Granted, he's like 22. At the same time, you're putting a lot of miles early. We saw what happened to Dwayne Wade in Miami when he was playing 40 minutes a game for five, six, seven years. And then by the time he got LeBron, after that first finals run, he was on the way to retirement because his body couldn't keep up. And we saw how that broke down almost instantaneously. I'm not praying on that for Luca. I just hope that Luca actually was able to hold to withstand that workload until KB gets back. If I mean, he's back. They also got Josh Richardson, which is also a pretty yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, you're still missing your key. Oh, all no, good. no, of course. It's all good plug and plays, but that team is Luka 1, KP 2. Yeah. So after Luka, who's your next option? We, so you and I have Knicks fans. Do you really want some Hardaway to be your number two option? Don't mention well, that. Some Hardaway slander is absurd. That man averages like 15 points a game right now. While shooting He's 15% consistent. threes. I don't want to hit none of that. <laughs> He's not a three-point shooter. He's a streaky three-point shooter. He's a solid NBA player. He's, he's not a great he's a player. player. He's a but solid NBA said, player. Yo, you said who after Luka? It's what who, who is there? Who is their number two scorer on that team? Come on, it's Boban. <laughs> yeah, I'll sleep on Keebler like he ain't goaded. Shout out to Max oh, Keebler. Oh, my God. What's his name? What's his name? I think I believe it's Max. I believe it's Max it's Keebler. Ma- yeah, Max, Max Yeah, Max. Yeah, Maxi Cleaver. So, I think we're all in the same situation with my pick at nine. I'm taking the Suns. Um, Rubio, as Keen pointed out earlier, Rubio played a key role for Booker's development as a scorer because he's taking less of a role. 
At the same time, Rubio's biggest fault was Rubio can't score. He can't create on his own. Chris Paul will do that. So Booker's averaging 26, 27 in the game, 27, 5, and 5 as the facilitator, the scorer, and the rebounder all at the guard position. Imagine Chris Paul, who can get his own shot, who will run the offense. All Devin Booker did do is shoot. He's one of the best shooters in the league, bar none. He's going to easily average like 30. A question yeah. at team's defense, too, though. That's a big question. Oh, no, of course. At the same, at the same time, defense, defense is going to be a problem. <clears throat> They're missing a couple. They can probably get pieces in free agency, depending on who's going to drop or be, tra- or be a trade. At the same time, you're looking at the roster, Chris Paul, DeAndre, Ian, and Devin Booker. Those three can get you to the playoffs. More so Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But now you got to find somebody outside of DeAndre Ian, who's still working his way in, to be the guy yeah. that will anchor an offense and or defense. They could have kept Kelly Oubre to get Chris Paul. I'd be all in on this. That'd be great. I mean, I mean we, we – have um, to lose – Oubre to me, that's just... I know, me, you're just talk, uh, talking about the Suns, and then we all, you know, previously talked about the Suns, and I totally forgot to mention, like, they also did sign Crowder, which is, you know, key. Is Crowder going to be... Is, that's the thing now. Is who's going to take the role? Crowder? Is it, well, Keno like Crowder. Crowder slapped LeBron and got 40-piece in next man. But it is what it is. Crowder, they, he did it to himself. Um... But is Crowder is Crowder that third that third or fourth option? He's gonna anchor that that offense. No, uh, no, no. I feel no, 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 I feel like I feel like he's gonna he's gonna anchor the defense. The person, but the person and, here should just yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, no, I was saying like you know, <laughs> it's obviously gonna be Chris Paul anchoring the offense, and then who's gonna respond to that? Booker, you know, you got Bridges, Aiton off the bench, you got Sarek. Sark. Sark. So, if <laughs> If he holds out, you know, they, oh, wait, I forgot. What, but you forgot. That, the person yeah, that should dislike – the person that should dislike Jay Crowder the most is Ant because that man could not miss against Boston, but he could not hit in the with finals. Boston, yeah. <laughs> he could have hit with Boston, could hit in the finals, but he could not miss against Boston. I knew what it was with Boston. Everybody does that when they play versus their former team. It is what it is. No matter, even when he was on Utah, he would have good games versus Boston. No matter where he's at, he's gonna have good games versus Boston, just because he always those games wake wake players up. Like he 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 always he's always awake. Versus he's a Boston. great energy guy, and he is a great player. He's a great player to fill on any roster in the league. Any rotation you can put in the league, he fits. He he gets minutes on any roster. There's no there's no other sure. roster. Because sure. he plays defense. He's a glue guy. At the same then, time. Yeah. Can he average 15, 16 a game? To, he gonna to be get wide open. He gonna be wide open on Phoenix. He better. He gonna be wide so open. Them, you have. Yeah, it's a, no, a, 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 a open. I feel. I feel like the same situation. A low key big pickup with Langston Galloway, very under the radar, but he does what is needed. Is that because he's a former Nick? I was no, <laughs> no. He actually, you know, Kim, the case was better with Detroit. Um, but he's a he's another. Uh, play that gives him a shot. Now, is he going to be a full option? No, he's just a backup, bit, a backup guard. Him and Javion Carter, former West Virginia product, are going to run the backups. But is it Mikel Bridges? Is it Jay Crowder? Is it Dario Sark? You know, who's going to be that piece that's going to solidify that offense? Could be Sark because he's going to be the four. So, because Sark could do it. He was doing it with. I think um, this is like when he was with Philly now, to be honest. 
I think him at that four spot with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and now Aiden, I think this is like when he was with Philly. Because he's a stretch now. But yeah. can he average a 15, 16 game that would be needed. Devin Booker's the average 30. We'll call how it is. Aiden average like 18, 20. Chris Paul by 18, 20. I like Cameron Johnson. If he can stay healthy. He'll back up. Sorry, that's a quality backup fan. If if he stays healthy, that's that's my issue. But I'm gonna defer a bit here between you guys. I'm going in the Grizzlies at ten. Uh, okay. Jay Crow, um, John Moran <laughs> is a. <laughs> I mean, he was with the Grizzlies, but it is what it is. they should have kept him. So John Moran is a stud. John Moran, what he does to that team, and you is you you could tell you could sense vibes and energies on. Who has it, who doesn't? John Morant has it, as in the it factor. Yeah. And John Morant, they build around him. That team runs the goals by him. Valanciunas is a great big for him. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Clark is going to be a great option to have to work with. You've yeah. got Dylan Brooks. A lot, it's a very young team. But that yeah. team made a that lot of noise in the bubble. So you're going to see a lot of that happening now as they get older and more run as assistance being put behind John Moran. They're still really, I would put them in the top eight. The only problem is they're missing a consistent wing, a wing yeah. defender and a wing shooter, if not, I and or both. And they got to mm-hmm. find a, a secondary score behind John Moran. The Grizzlies think, are going back to that. Well, the secondary out. score is, is Jaron Jackson. They, that's their if secondary he's score. Um, he stayed healthy pretty much. That injury he caused, it was a butt in a bubble. That, that was kind of freaky. Yeah, that too. I think so, that's, healthy, so. that's my thing. I'm waiting on Jaron Jackson, but he I think he, healthy? The two of them healthy? Not to, like, I know because Soto's a Spurs fan, he might, he might get a little upset by this comparison. But they remind me of when the Spurs added Tony Parker to the Spurs alongside Tim Duncan. The, as in yeah. John Morant and Jaron Jackson. It's a 1-4 pick-and-roll action that is similar to that. Their ability, the, John Morant's the, ability to get to the basketball and dribble at will. And Jaron Jackson can shoot for three. He can shoot the midi. He can post. They have those similar offensive abilities. Where they're not Tim Duncan and Tony Parker is defensively yet. John right. Morant right now is not a great defender. He gets lost in pick and roll on Godly. It's like you set a screen. Same thing with Jaren Jackson. <laughs> you set a screen Jaren on Jaren Jackson. Jaren Jackson's coming John back Morant. from what? From a torn meniscus? Uh, I, I don't want to say yes, but he, can't, but he he come back from injury. So yeah, it's, just that, it's just that other than Jaren Jackson, like, who's like their third? Like, first of all, who's their third option? What, Valanciunas? It's supposed I, to I, be I, now. It would have to be Dylan Brooks now. And Dylan Brooks showed out, but now he's still he's still a growing player. So my question is, will he take that next step? It's all about growth with that team. But I think those guys take this take necessary pieces, take necessary steps, and they'll probably get the pieces later on in the season to get them into the playoffs, into where they want to be. Not projecting, it can be different. I'm not gonna take um, the Spurs. The Spurs are too much in flux. No knock to your team, Soto. All right, can, can we Rudy like, Gay's agent, this right now? <laughs> they're Rudy Gay's agent. He's not that guy anymore, and that's Ant's guy. We, me and Ant go back to 2K12 with the Rudy Gay yeah. Bell match. John Jackson was a torn meniscus. Okay. But Rudy Gay's not 20-point, don't get anybody in your mother, Rudy Gay. He's t- uh, still get you 15 points. Yeah, but can you do it on a consistent basis now off the bench? I think- 
Soto's 10th is not is a stretch only because you don't know what uh, DeMar DeRozan and LeBron all just going to look like. If they can look like all-stars, there's a chance. So there's, I say there's a chance because those are two 20-plus scorers. Even though they have their issues on defense, they can. there's one thing that two of them can do still, and they can put the ball in the basket. DeMar DeRozan and Marcus all just could do in the basket. That's the key. If Murray can stay healthy and be effective on the court for a whole season for them, they might sneak up on some teams because they're very well coached. They still have bench depth, and they compete. We saw, we saw that in the bubble. Those young guys played hard. They didn't get right. blown out in too many games in the bubbles. They barely missed out of making that eighth spot. And it's because they so, needed some, somebody to lose in order for them to get someone like Phoenix. But they're a good enough team. If, if I was going to say out of the two teams he said as a fan to go 10th, the Spurs have a chance. The Knicks, uh, you yeah, got a chance. I, I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know okay. about that one. But, yeah, so I, the Spurs still missing is growth with the Spurs. I'm not going to bank on the Rosen, Gay, and Aldridge, sadly. Um, getting If they had Bertans, I mean, actually, no, because Bertans got paid that back. Was a, that was a horrible but. trade. <laughs> Shout out to Marcus Boys, baby. <laughs> got us a pick. He got paid in the Clippers. That's a, he, he did well. He did well. <laughs> But I'm not going to go with the Pelicans either because the Pelicans, regardless of Zion, who is still he, – he dropped weight, which is good. That's the first part. Now get a jump shot, two, yeah, see those and three, stay healthy. That's, the, that's all Zion got to do, and he'll be perfectly fine. And he'll be the, the, the franchise only, the he's why supposed to be. I'm so high on the Pelicans is because they almost made the playoffs and Alvin Gentry was being told not to play Zion. So when you're being told not to play one of your best players and you still almost make the playoffs – then now that he has no restrictions on him, because I already said, said that he has no restrictions. He's going to go off. This team is going to be different. And I think Zion didn't show his full game like he showed at Duke. Well, There's a lot of stuff that he didn't in. show. He's yeah. trying to fit in first. There's a lot of stuff he didn't show. Like, he has the ability. He get the rebound. And he can run the break himself. Yeah, he don't need to Larry Johnson. get it and pitch it like he was doing last year. He can be yeah. a lot more aggressive as a point forward type of player in the half court because there's not too many power forwards that can guard him. His quick first step, he's getting by most players in the league. The only player that might be able to stay with him, you say, on a consistent basis like that is some guys like Anthony Davis that have that ability to have their quick feet and that long limp. But the average right. four he's going against, even if they stay in front of him, he's just too strong. Right. I mean, we've seen him make Steven Adams look like, whoa, you need to hit the wave room. The way he can body him. into people like that. Yeah. I mean – no disrespect to Kevin Knox. He ruined his career in the summer league because he just ripped the ball from him. My man fell down on the floor. So yeah. it was one of those moments where you realize very quickly how strong he's he a man child. So, and Lonzo's only, his jump shot's only going to get better. And I think having LaMelo in the league now, that's a, that's that brother competition where it's going to be like, I can't have little bro out here outdoing so me. I'll, over I'll, here I'll struggling. This, this is where I'll, I'll go in with the, with the Pelicans here. Zion's doing got to get better. Uh, Jackson Hayes is going to be getting better with Adams now being the starting center. We'll give him a chance a couple more years. So Adams won't be there for long, but he's there as you know as a stopgap for Jackson Hayes when time comes. Um, like everybody's issue, like the Knicks, like the Bulls, like the Clippers, like a lot of these teams who are struggling mm-hmm. to find this one one piece. They still have no point guard. 
was Drew Holiday, which is huge. Through players and coaches alike, they've all said Drew Holiday is the most underappreciated, underrated player in the league. Um, he's gone. You replace him with Eric Bledsoe, good guard, quality guard, but we've seen what Eric Bledsoe does ever since 2017. Shout out to Scary Terry. Um, you're still looking for that point guard. Is Lonzo that guy? A lot of players you put him now because if well, Melo starts balling, he don't produce in the world. Lonzo, Lonzo could surprise not, a lot of a lot of people this year because not only with the whole like you know brother competition, I think Lon this is Lonzo's uh, contract year. Next year's his contract year. But this is this is his option year. when you're top five, it's three. It's three by one. And then now that you have no restrictions on Zion. I, he could easily, easily average ten assists a game. He can. The problem is, can he score? The, 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 he'll be able to score. I think he'll be able to score because, like, I think Zion is not much of a paint clogger as people think he is, only because he moves so well without the ball. Normally, when you have a guy that can't shoot, like some people, like Josh Smith, that was his problem because he couldn't shoot and he didn't move well without the ball. You could sag off him. But because Zion cuts so well without the ball, if you sag off him, you look away. He's dunking on you. And because so – and Adams has that ability with his screening and his passing that I think a lot of times Lonzo is just going to walk to the basket because you don't – who you going – if you slide over that, you got to respect Adams on that role. He's always been that even with OKC. And you have to respect Zion when he's cutting back door. So sometimes if he don't necessarily have to make a three on this team, is can he make a mid-range jump shot? Can he get in off that pick and roll and consistently make that? And remember, right. they do have Bledsoe, who now he understands on this team you're not being asked to be the point guard. In Milwaukee, he had to be that point guard, and he didn't handle that well. But sure. here it's like, okay, I'm really here to back up Lonzo. I'm here to help him develop. So when I come in the game, I'm giving them – 15, 10 to 15 strong minutes on a team that already has their starting point guard. Wait, uh, like, do you, do you think there's a chance he, he'll play, like, alongside Lonzo? Like, do you think yeah. he'll start of the don't, two? Don't, don't make those records because I don't think they'll have J.J. Reddy be a secondary ball. He's not a, he's not a secondary ball. Yeah. They'll, they'll, like, be, they'll, they'll put Lonzo the two because Lonzo's size is more fitted at the two. His skill set's a point guard. But it's now – if Lonzo can't offensively get better – Lonzo's going to end up being just a, I don't want to say a journeyman guard, but he'll be just a regular point guard, just a, your traditional point guard or whatever, a taller guard to cover through. He won't, he's, he's a point guard, he's a point guard of the future because they're not going to do that with Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is who he is. He's always been who he is. Lonzo's going to be the, is going to be the, the, the number one guard on that team. If he can't develop, you're not going to play him. He's going to average 10, 11 a game, score points per game. He's both like not going to be the starter. At least Bledsoe will give you 15, 16 a game. If Lonzo can average 15, 16 a game, along with those 8, 9, 10 assists, now we're, now we're cooking with grease. Now, we're, okay, Lonzo's doing what he was supposed to be doing before, and now he's got to where he's got to be. And I show you that because now all the brothers. He can oh shift God. his focus and be a triple-double. Lonzo's on Detroit. Uh, uh, on Detroit. He's playing. He'll be the two-guard for Detroit. There you go. Oh, no. Shout out to LeVar Ball. <laughs> Pops, Pops called it. I'm just saying. Pops called it. But, yeah, so that's why I'm not taking the uh, Pelicans in there. I thought about it, but 
it's gonna it's, it's gonna take for adjustments. Brandon Ingram is gonna ball out. He was born out last year. He proved he proved the Lakers like you guys should have kept me, but it doesn't matter because Lakers won the chip. So whatever he says now means absolutely nothing. But he got his money. He's in a better fit there. Much better fit. Yeah, I agree. So I I I agree. It's just now now you, here's the thing now, you got paid. Now can you produce? You got no choice, bro. <laughs> you got no choice. Oh no, I, yeah, you got you got plenty of choices. Yeah. What's the right I think, choice? Because I think he understands that you like you said he got paid, he got the keys, and this team is still young. He's not old. He's like 23, 24, I believe. So he's still kind of young in terms of NBA years. He's not right. even in his prime yet. So that's why I said that to me. I think this team is going to creep into the playoffs or like that because a lot of teams are going to sleep on them. They're going to look at this team and go, yeah, these kids are still babies. They don't know what they're doing. And they're going to catch teams off guard. Mm-hmm. And they're not in a crazy competitive division in the West. So they have the ability where they can be a, a top team in their respective division, which will give them a fighting chance to get that AC. Right. We'll see how that goes. Interesting. And then I was with the rest of the roster. Like, we all know that, well, for me, but Cleveland and Detroit are not going anywhere in the East. In the West, Minnesota, they are just setting themselves a failure. I love the owner Russell. I love his game. Who else besides Towns can they produce on that team? Um, and then you look at Sacramento and. Sacramento's so disappointing. So disappointing. Minnesota like had a chance. Waste, they're wasting talent on that team. But like I said, I'm still waiting on a response by the Kings. So, because they're about to trade. Rumor, yo, rumor has they can trade Buddy up to the Knicks. Why are you trading Buddy Hield? For I mean, I'll take Buddy Hield. But well, why are you, you trading Buddy Hield take for that. what? That's a, that's a steal. You might as well just take that. If they're going to give you a Buddy Hield, if rumor has it is Buddy Hield for Randall and Frank, I'm like, yo, I'm giving us Frank Nitty. No, I gave it Frank Nitty. Oh man, not Frank Nitty. That's the goat. Listen, I like Frank. He's a good player. He's not a lottery player. Out of here. Yeah, he's gonna be gone. It is what it is. Tibbs is gonna rock with going back to the East. Tibbs is gonna rock with Dennis Smith because Dennis Smith has what Tibbs wants. He wants an yes. athletic point guard. Tibbs rock with Levine because Levine is the athletic point guard. He molded. He created Derrick Rose, or he made Derrick Rose into an NBA point guard. Wait, hold top, but, top, hold flag on the play clip on all sides. Are we are we putting Dennis Smith and Derrick Rose no. in the same sense, or are we just like no. hypothetically well, play style? Yes, skill set and 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 show and prove. Right, so stats. which okay, no. which are we talking like hurt Derrick Rose when like he was training to get right Derrick Rose, or are we talking I mean, about like if Dennis playing Smith Derrick Rose and seven a game or sixteen and six a game? I'm gonna take that because right now this man Dennis Smith Jr. ain't looking nowhere like this. I mean, not even. This ain't even dreaded Derrick Rose. We see I mean, that he Jr. lost a lot, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go. I mean, he lost his mom. He's going to last the back at home, so I'm not gonna knock him for all that. But now that's in the past. You've now gotten a full season dealing with that. You've had a good almost a year I'm to deal with before that. that now season. it's time for you. Not, that the personal stuff. I'm not using that against him. I mean, no, not at all. But that. But we came on scene. You're like, oh, we're not jocking that. Same. Like everybody said, everybody. All the all everybody. Said, yeah, y'all oh, Knicks fans are ruthless because y'all was booing this man every time he stepped on but, the court. And he came out with that, and it's like, was, okay, and, they, and y'all still booed him. I ain't gonna disrespect that. Well, some, some still booed him, which is mad disrespectful. Yeah, but, B. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I once wanted Desmond over Frank in the first place. What are we, what are we talking about here? But the type of ball player that Desmond is is the type of point guard that 
Tibbs likes. So if that in fact goes to what Tibbs was going to make him be, and if he is a broken down Derrick Rose, then him averaging 16 and six is a win. So I'm cool with that, but we'll see how that goes. But going back to the Kings, Darren Fox loves Buddy Hield. Marvin Backley loves Buddy Hield. Luke Walton, your man's Luke Walton, I'm talking to you, Keen, does not like Buddy Hield. He may have missed from the Vibeva 2.0. He probably oh, don't like Buddy because he don't play defense. And they pull that trigger for, uh, what was it, um, Romeo Langford and Marquis Smart for Buddy Hield for the Celtics? Oh, boy. They I'm not taking that. That was a rumor. Rumor had it, but he was going to be a, a Celtic in, regard, in trade for Smart and Langford. Now they moved the needle for Ann over there. He don't look like he's in trade. Ah, that's high, man. When's the last time you had a, a <laughs> he, pure he want, shooter? You want that man Fournier on the roster. That's who you no, want to hear. I actually, actually like Marcus Smart, though. <laughs> I do, too, but he's the only one that's yeah. up for trade bait. I think he's the heart and soul of the Celtics. Right? He, he should is be the heart and soul of Boston. He should be starting. He, he should be he yeah. should be the starting shooting guard. Yeah. They should put Tatum at the four, Brown at the three, and Rockwood at the center. And then obviously when Kim was healthy, that's your point. Thompson, that's your, that's your best Brown, five. Tatum, to be smart and, uh, it is. And, uh, that's the five that Rockwood in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what that's what ended up with. Um so y'all excited? I, I'm listen. Friday I'm night. I'm very excited for the season. I'm ready to see you know. So when's the next time we get together? I know we are we are getting this happening more and more. So when's this next? Catch y'all next week. What we're talking about? We're talking about the preseason. Pre- so far, we when we come back with with, with we the have to, We might double up this week. We never know if schedules work. Could be. All right. Well. We'll catch it. If not, that is that will be all oh, for the Sounds of Howard podcast. Yeah. Uh, Everybody know how the season's going in anyway. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be Lakers against somebody. We don't know who's gonna be there. Well, we know the Lakers is there. So all the Lakers fans out there, just make sure you RSVP those finals tickets, because that's what we're gonna be. Just let's put us in the finals, get it over with. We just gonna show up ready to play that. Lakers in five any other time. Hopefully, I'm actually. For fans' sake, I won't mind a Lakers Celtics finals just for throwback purposes. We're talking about the Lakers, okay? Lakers Celtics throwback, I'll that take that. It happened this past season, but we ain't gonna talk about no, that. I'll take no, that for a throwback. That Lake- I'll, take, I'll, I'll, now, I'll if, take that. If healthy, if healthy, it could be a Lakers Nets. I, I would I, love I, that I too. That. I, I could see that. You know what I'm saying? Little, little, little bro, Kyrie. Little broke Kyrie won't play Braun. That being said, uh, Knicks Spurs in the finals. So, if that's maybe in 2035, but that ain't happening sometime soon. I'll give you that 2035. That'll be it for uh, for us. Um, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, fellas, it was a pleasure as always. Lakers in five. Gotta keep the tradition. Everything is Lakers in five. You gotta keep that tradition. Speaking into existence, Lakers in five. And brother man. As always, Kim, as always, as always. Till next time. Lake Nation, all rise.